Sarah Silverman. I am Jimmy Kimmel. I am Jonah Hill. Hi, I'm Mike Barinholtz. On today's show, the legendary, the eloquent, the iconic, the deep-throated, stern show announcer, George Takei. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's a solo dance. It's a solo dance. <laughs> now, that's ridiculous. There we go again. It's Wednesday morning, live radio. A lot of that uh, live radio people love. There's the sound of joy. I'll let you enjoy it. Go ahead. Hey, The sound of joy. That's right. And there's George Takei. This little tapestry of sound effects comes into your home. Uh, George will be with us later this morning. We're going to check in with him. We love George. He's our announcer. He'll be announcing throughout the show. Analingus. 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 Right. And we thought it was analingus. Why is it analingus? You just laugh. It's he's got a he's a natural comedian. <laughs> analingus. Although I'll tell you, analingus. You know, We've been working with George to prepare him for his appearance. You know, we always uh, ask him uh, to cut uh, comedy bits uh. and things. And George, uh, you know, here's what I think is going on. Like, we asked George, you know, we always have George record songs, and he's always great about it. And um, this time around, we said to him, George, we need you to record a couple of songs in light of your appearance coming up. And he was like, you know, I'm going to take a pass on this song, uh, you know. Really? Well, I think what's happening is when George used to come into our studio, he was alone and he would <laughs> use his own judgment. Now he's got Brad, his husband, sitting Brad there with Brad looking him. over his shoulder. Yeah, and Brad now is a buzzkill because he's like, um, you know, George, I don't think you should be doing You don't think I should sing this, Bradder? No, no. Here, I'll, I'll get you. You want to hear a what little was preview the song of that? that got next? Okay, so, uh, well, here's George. Uh, before I play you that, here's George telling our producers, look, I don't think I'm going to do this song. We were very disappointed. Here we go. Congratulations on the vaccine. That's exciting for you guys. So that's, that's awesome. And I talked to Brad about the song. No problem. If you good, don't want to do the song today, yeah, Brad, no problem. I so, have reached a point in my life now where I am, I am known as a distinguished gentleman. And that song is way above my standard. <laughs> uh, uh, note taken. No problem. <laughs> he obviously prepared a joke, but you could see Buzzkill Brad killed the song. Oh, yeah. Brad looked yeah. over that and said, uh, uh, George, uh, we're, dig uh, we're working on an image here. Yeah, well, you, Brad. Respectable gentleman. Because we had to go through Brad. Yeah. When, you know, we were like, uh, oh, everything went know, through Brad first. Brad, Brad went like, um, I don't think we're going to be doing that song. We, you know, and then, uh, you know, we said, okay, you know, we, we spoke to Brad about the song. Right, Gary? We spoke to Brad about the song, and, and he went, know. yes. Brad's going to be on there later, but Brad made it very clear to us that this was a George decision. So Brad will be there. Brad's, Brad's kind of saying, in fact, Brad was super apologetic when he was telling us in advance that George wasn't going to do it. I don't know that this is a Brad decision. I think this is George now seeing himself as a spokesperson for the gay community and the Asian community. But I, I don't, I, you should ask Brad. I don't think it's him. I mean, he's now getting a conscience at 84. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, you know? how many developments in his life? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, that's just amazing to me. He doesn't know who he is, and he's he's eighty four. Anyway, here's this song, <clears throat> excuse, dry oatmeal. Here's the song we wanted uh, George to sing. Come on, Brad, why don't we leave the house and find some jizz? Let's both get on our knees and roll some zippers down and swallow jizz. Start the car, I know a real gay spot Where the twinks are cute and they've got massive cocks A place in Central Park to butt buck in the dark And shoot some jizz Wow, that's <laughs> no. so inoffensive <laughs> I don't know, There's a, I think Gary's wrong about the whole dynamic there Because Brad recognized that Chris Wilding voiced the demo And he said, George, a gay brother should not make you do something like this and, A gay brother? Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> but but we don't make George do anything it's, We come up with ideas and if George is comfortable Because George has done other songs in the past that are way more outrageous That's what I'm saying, this one was not that bad Brad's big balls, Brad's big balls, hanging in his underwear. When they're in my face, I'll take a taste and spit out the pubic hair. Brad's big That was a good one. I love this one. I'm dreaming of a white penis. <laughs> just like the ones I used to blow. <laughs> <laughs> With a sweet pink glisten, even when it's hissing, it sends a tingle through my throat. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white penis. A curvy blue vein hard delight I am gay and I'm horny That's right And I love one inside me Christmas night <laughs> I don't know These are, It's not Christmas till I hear those songs <laughs> I love them. I, I, you know, listen, I love Brad and George. Well, no, I'm no sitting doubt. here thinking to myself, hmm. he's also a gay spokesperson. Yeah. Got to have some gay songs. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Lick my balls and then buck fuck me. Ra la 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 la. Tis the season for bukkake. Ra la 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 la. Well, now, he's not going to ban all these songs, is he? Uh, uh, no. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not accepting it if he does. <laughs> Tickle my tits. Brad even told Gary that the acoustics in the room didn't work to record a big Broadway musical. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter about these songs. How things get done and what um, the content is. Yeah, we need to get rid of this uh, pandemic so we can get back to getting George in the studio by himself, <laughs> where he makes all his own decisions. Uh, it was a lot more fun. Well, it always seemed to me, especially in the in recent years, that George had gotten a good talking to before he came. Yeah. 
Because a lot of times he would say, oh, no, <laughs> I can hear Brad now. Brad told me that um, <laughs> not to talk about analingus. <laughs> analingus. 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 Boof, boogie-mion. Boof, boogie-mion. Boof, boof. Boof, What the hell was that? Boof, Beef, boogie-mion. Boof bougignon. That's beef bourguignon. Beef bougignon. Caprese. Yeah, Gary told me he said something that was funny. Like some mispronounce on a word, but you know George. <laughs> but Gary said it was a hell of a setup, like setting. Brad was good sport. He He sets up all the equipment for George now that we're on Zoom. But but George got upset because Brad didn't set up his pillow and blanket properly. Oh, and Gary said he that broke. He records with a pillow and blanket. Yeah, what's going on? What is he on the deck of the Titanic? What's going on? <laughs> that's ex- that's really what it looked like. So Brad does all the setup. You know, he 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 plugs everything in and puts the headphones in and sets the levels. And then we you know we go we're ready for George and he goes George they're ready for you now. So George comes in and Brad gets up and he's got a pillow of some sort, this giant blanket. And I think the pillow is for George to sit on. And then George sits down and I think the blanket goes over him like on the deck of the Titanic. But then there was all this confusion. He's like, Brad. And Brad's like, I'm going as fast as I can. And everything is getting moved around. And there was some drama going on about that. It wasn't done correctly or quick enough. You know, uh, this this pillow isn't placed properly. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine what goes. I wish I had a recording of that argument. Shit. Remember the, the George George should real George and Brad should be a reality show. I really should produce it. It would be the greatest. Just I even an argument. That, that documentary where they were going to spread Brad's ashes, I watched every second. Yeah. Because they I'm are telling so you. entertaining. I mean, just Brad giving George that bell to ring whenever Brad is needed. And then George when George rings that bell, the few times I've seen it, it's the greatest you know, Bradder. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I'll get Brad. Brad. And I go, George, what's with the bell? Oh, that's not my idea. Brad uh, had that idea. I go, yeah, but you're ringing a bell for Brad to come. Oh, yeah. He's all very far away. Uh, uh, It was his idea. It was his idea. (laughs) To protect my voice. Uh, I I would yell for him and he'd say, just ring this bell. I was but watching even in the that, uh, in the documentary. He just says funny things. Mm-hmm. So they go and and the best is watching them release these ashes because right. they're doing it on the side of a mountain somewhere. <laughs> and as soon as they open the urn and tip it over, all the ashes blow onto them. They don't go out <laughs> into the world. They didn't test the wind velocity. That's right. The the all the ash is just blowing right on them, and it's getting in their mouth, and it's getting everywhere. And, and who's they're ashes? Closing their eyes. It's, it's Brad's mom, I think. Oh, they're very. They're. <laughs> um, Brad. Come on, let's let's get get on with this. It's getting late in the day. Let's take your mother and. Let her go, let her go into the wind. <laughs> and then they're in the car. They're they're full of ash. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> and and George says, uh, uh, Brad says, uh, oh, mother uh, got all over me or something like that. And Brad says, yeah, I think I've got a little mother in my eye. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> They're just funny together. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a reality show. Well, anyway, we'll talk to George much later in the show. I'm thinking of getting uh, Beth one of those bells so I can ring for <laughs> See how that goes over. Can you imagine? A uh, Beth. Like when I'm around 80, I'll say to Beth, you think I could have a bell I can ring? Where's my pillow and blanket? <laughs> if I do that, she should take my wheelchair and just push me down the steps and be That's done with me. That's why she should take you to the side of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Howard had a horrible accident. He was ringing his bell and he went down the steps in his wheelchair. Uh, Brad. Brad. <laughs> that whole dynamic with the bell is great. I was watching the the documentary of the Nexium cult, you know, and, and even that guy, the leader of the Nexium cult with all those women, he yeah. he didn't even have a bell. He he just called for the, <laughs> his slaves, his sex slaves. Yes. You know. He didn't think of that. Yeah, his concubines, they they didn't even have to, you know, they didn't have to answer a bell. They had phones which uh right. rang and he yeah. and they had to answer them within seconds right they were it's such a it's like a high-tech <laughs> bell george you uh fake george fake george you want to show us how the bell works oh of course good morning howard brad oh brad get me my dry oatmeal brad wow <laughs> Don't you think Brad finds that annoying? Absolutely not. He could use the exercise. Brad, <laughs> I need my pillow and blanket. Brad. You're saying, you know, that's so insulting to your partner of all these years. You say he needs exercise. <laughs> yeah, you, what, are you, what are you saying exactly? Well, Brad has gotten a little bulbous. He's uh, he's kind of soft when we wrestle. Brad. <laughs> Brad. But, what about what about the fact that um, you know a bell can be seen as demeaning? You know when you ring that, uh, you know what I'm saying. It it probably comes off a little bit bourgeois. Well, you know I used to give Brad treats when he'd answer the bell, but now he's very well trained. I call him. He enjoys it. He really does. Brad, why do you say why do you say analingus? Isn't it analingus? Analingus. Actually, it's pronounced analingus. I've changed the pronunciation. Over the years, I educate myself by reading dictionaries from all over the world, and I make sure that I have the proper pronunciation. Analingus. <laughs> <laughs> Analingus. 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 You know, I was thinking about you and Brad. I, I thought, you know... A lot of people have gained weight in quarantine. Why don't you go easy on Brad, okay? Yes, I, I, I should. I really should. Brad, get me my kimono. Brad, I'm freezing. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, I always love when you come on the show. I always learn new pronunciations. You were the first one to teach me guacamole. 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 Brad, how do I pronounce guacamole? Brad. 
I confuse myself, Howard. You know, all those dictionaries I'm reading, there's so many different ways to pronounce it. I've got to set them up in the proper, you know, year. I don't Brad, get me my encyclopedia. Brad, where the hell are you? Um, how many different ways, after looking at all these encyclopedias, how many different ways can you say, how many different ways? Well, there are generally three. There's guacamole, the right. American idiot dictionary. <laughs> then there's the, uh, well, the recent one, guacamole. But of course, now I've learned and educated myself further. It's pronounced guacaole. Guacaole. The M is silent. Brad, I still need my blanket. Guaca, where is Brad with your blanket? You know, where is, I would be how laying big is that out house? Our, I mean, well, yeah. He, I, he's, he must be uh, laying out our wrestling mats for later. You know, he, we love to tussle. Brad, Brad, um, make sure there's extra mats. My bones hurt when we wrestle. You know, I was thinking about you, and 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 in light of the world, I don't even think Kim Jong Un himself has a bell the way you do when you ring. I think Kim Jong Un actually yells for people. Howard, are you comparing <laughs> me to a dictator? Well, in a sense, with that bell, my goodness. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, I find that incredibly offensive, and don't. By worry, the way, I want to say. What a wonderful spokesperson you are for the gay and trans community and also the Asian community. Of course, so, uh, Howard. You know, they yes. need a voice. And I, uh, I'm i very privileged to be at a, a, a place where I can speak up for those who cannot speak. Brad! Brad! <laughs> yeah, but you know, can I make a suggestion? Because you're such a Brad spokesperson. Brad must be eating something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying, George, Brad, listen to me. Brad, get that scale George. in here. We've got to weigh you. <laughs> George, what I'm saying is when you're speaking out for the downtrodden, when you're speaking out for the gay and trans yeah. community. And when you're the being Asian a man of the people. Yeah. When you're being. A, yeah. Thank you, Robin. When you're being a man of the people, <laughs> maybe instead of the bell, get something like the bat signal, which people wouldn't hear you <laughs> ringing, you know, just like a big mm. like a big bat. A that big would, uh, G in the sky. Right. That's right. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the bell. I mean, it can come off the wrong way. It can come off very bourgeois. Am I saying that right? Bourgeois. 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 Yes. Very close, Howard. Very good. Bourgeois. You really right. have and to let the phlegm in there. Bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> awa. When you say awa, I love awa. awa. But how many, what are, what are the different ways you can say awa, which is well, Spanish for water? Yes. Yes, yes. It's a derivative of an archaic Latin uh, word from, I believe, the 70, uh, se uh, 75 B.C., uh, uh, lingua latinum. Uh, it's actually pronounced aqua, aqua, aqua. <laughs> Early uh, humans were much more uh, expressive with their words. Aqua. Yes. Aqua. Wow. Yes. Wow. Well, where did aqua come from? He's trying to get Brad, Robin. Don't I'm interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, come on. Stop eating cake. What does he need now? <laughs> Why don't you open a jar? Brad. Why don't you open a jar of peanut butter to lure Brad up the stairs? He'll smell it <laughs> Good and come. Idea. Yeah. Brad. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a light bell. Maybe that'll uh, that'll get him excited. Brad. <laughs> you have different oh, rings. Brad. <laughs> 
I have a trail of peanut butter cookies. Brad. Let me ask you something, Robin. Yeah. Let's say I told you Brad Pitt wanted to fuck your brains out and marry you and, and be with you the rest of your life and, you know, the hottest oh guy on the planet. Not you, George. I mean Robin. Oh. And, yeah, jo- George is fantasizing about it now. <laughs> Brad Pitt and his musculature. <laughs> you like his musculature? Absolutely. And if you see him now, he's kept his physique unlike Brad. Oh. Well, well, my, well, my question Brad to Robin used to is... run the marathons and uh, it's... I don't know. Maybe I should switch Brad's. <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Are you ring a bell for Brad Pitt? Uh, George, what I'm saying is, I'm saying to Robin, let's say her fantasy guy is Brad Pitt. Many women, you know, and, and Robin's now visualizing, you know, Brad Pitt naked in her bed and fucking her and going down on her and doing all these crazy things. And uh, But the, the only caveat would be, Robin would have to answer a bell when Brad Pitt rang <laughs> whenever he needed something. I think Robin would turn down Brad Pitt if it meant answering to a bell. That's a think? tough one. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. You, he's going to fuck you. He's going to love you. He, everything everything but, else is going to be great, and when, I just right. have to answer to a bell. You have to answer, but I mean, you know, you have to do things like bring him his blanket and pillow or <laughs> bring him his, you know, dry oatmeal. You know, it, it, could you could the you trick live is with that? Starting with a little no. bell, and then I think I think George is right. You work somebody into that, don't you? Yeah, George. You say the, the George. You say. The secret is don't start with a big loud bell. Start with a little right. bell, like a yeah. <laughs> little bell. Yeah, little ding, ding, ding. Then you get bigger, then bigger, then bigger, then bigger. <laughs> then you start yelling at the top of your lungs, Brad. Brad! <laughs> <laughs> you know what the problem is? Here's why I don't think it would work. Robin is not obedient. Like Brad is. That's, That's the thing. true. I don't yeah. care who Brad well, Pitt have is. Have you tried wrestling? Right. <laughs> yeah, would you wrestle Brad Pitt? Do, how, how is that wrestling going? What's your favorite move? Do you, do you actually have moves when you wrestle with Brad? Uh, we don't have moves. I, I, I follow more of the, uh, you know, the Japanese uh, wrestling techniques of the, uh, well, now because of Brad sumo wrestling technique. <laughs> ah, you're terrible. Of, is it a sensuous? A is of it course, sensuous? Yeah, sensuous yes, sensuous wrestling. Yes. When yes. you see uh, those bulbous uh, body parts moving uh, <laughs> and uh, the glistening in the moonlight, nothing uh, turns me on more like uh, Brad. He's uh, he used to be a thoroughbred, but now he's uh, thoroughly eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad! Stop eating all the bread. We're going free. Ah! <laughs> all right. Who the hell needs who the hell needs George? You just stick yeah. around, buddy. All, right, all right, all right. This, thank you. This George will sing anything. <laughs> You'll I'm sing any go song. Check on Brad. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check uh, on Brad. All right, go check on Brad. Maybe <laughs> maybe stop ringing the bell and go see if he's okay. Uh, thank you, George. All right, there he is. George. Yeah, because Brad not answering might mean he's tumbled <laughs> somewhere or can't get up. You know? He's ringing uh, and ringing. He used to be a thoroughbred, but now he's thoroughly eating all the bread. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll talk to george later in the show there's a lot going on with him and who knows maybe we'll even hook him up with uh that george <laughs> the dueling george is on see if you can tell who's who
Um, where was I? Yeah, we'll have to meet the new George, the George who won't sing a song. Right, I like this. See who that is. Lick my balls and then but fuck me. Ra la 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 la. Tis the season for bukkake. Ra la 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 la. You'd think you'd discover everything about yourself by the time he's 84, but he says that at this point in his life, he's discovered something new. <laughs> Here's a clip of George sitting down in his chair. Here's some behind the scenes as we set up okay. the equipment. Yeah. Hello. Hey, George. Well, yeah, yeah, sit down. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a, wait, wait a minute. Let me well, get my lap blanket on. Blanket. Way too far back. Well, that, this is where the seat was. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm telling you, Brad, he runs the show over there. He's got to make sure things run right. There's a whole dynamic going on. This is funny. The chair is, is you know, just sort of sitting there. And right. George comes in and plops himself down in it. And, and Brad says, you're too far from the... You know, microphone. He goes, well, this is where the chair was. Like, Brad's supposed to now move the chair. Poor Brad. <laughs> I, I mean, Brad's the interview. Forget George. Oh, that is uh, so Brad, great. Uh, George, you're not close enough to the microphone. Well, this is where you put the chair. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 George, you can move the chair. If you put the chair here, why would you put it here if it's supposed <laughs> to be over there? It's a great dynamic. He's tough. Yeah, He's I very tough. Let me hear that again. Hello. Hey, George. Well, yeah, yeah. Sit down. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a, wait, wait a minute. Let me well, get my I, lap mount blanket on. You're way too far back. Well, that, this is where the seat was. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh. Listen, George is the star and Brad is the... Is the, uh, the what? <laughs> I don't know what you call. Fred, be my footstool. <laughs> Am I supposed to put this spoon in my own mouth? I mean, come on. Well, there's the spoon, George. Well, how does it get to my mouth? I tell you, George, uh, he gets that bread hopping, too. And you wonder how he kept George, this bread. Brad. Did everything. George yeah. is now crippled. He can't do anything for himself. <laughs> he can't get away. Brad is what? It, what? Uh, George? What is the term for Brad? Well, how would you explain his role? Well, Brad is the Brad. It's become a term now. It's just Brad. <laughs> I mean, Brad means Where's a guy. Brad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't you have a Brad? <laughs> Behind every great gay man, there's a Brad. <laughs> Brad, this ass isn't going to wipe itself. <laughs> Where's the bell? I need a bell. I want a bell. I want to get. I just want to. I just want to try it out on Beth. See how and far I she kicked me out of that. And I think he develops needs so he can ring the bell, like yeah. the pillow and the blanket. He doesn't need a pillow and a blanket. Well, you know, you have Baba Booey. I have bread. <laughs> yeah, Baba Booey. <laughs> oh, Baba Booey! This ass needs wiping. <laughs> You know, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, uh, you need to untangle my feet. I need to walk now. <laughs> when do you get to the point <clears throat> where you can say, well, you didn't move the chair to where it was supposed to be? 
you know, you want me to be on mic? Move the fucking chair, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) How far into the relationship does it become, Brad? (laughs) Pull me up to the table. Brad, (laughs) adjust my ass pillow. My ass hurts on this chair. (laughs) Where's my blanket? Where's my ass pillow? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have pillows on the bed and then there's my ass pillow. Does he do his own wrestling or Brad has to do that too? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Brad? Oh, Brad. I mean, Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Wipe the piss off my penis now. Please. I suppose you want me to zip up my own trousers. <laughs> yes, how far does it go? We're hearing just tip of the iceberg. How did he get dressed? Hmm. I don't know. You didn't lay out my clothing. I'm sitting here in my jammies. <laughs> Pull this booger out of my nose, Bubba <laughs> Oh, canteen boy. Canteen boy. Save me. <laughs> we'll hear from George later on. We'll hear what's going on with him. He's living a royal life. He truly is. He is. He lives better. He's like, I told you, like Kim Jong-un. With that bell. Ababa Fuhai, bring me hot water and cold yogurt. And don't mix those two up. I don't want hot yogurt and cold water. Ahem, <laughs> <clears throat> dry oatmeal. Ahem, <clears throat> dry oatmeal. And everything that goes wrong, it's... Dry oatmeal. Brad, I'm not close enough to the microphone. Don't complain. You put the chair here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, George is up to a lot of stuff, including being a spokesperson for the Asian community because Asian people are getting the shit beaten out of them because of uh, Alcamadante started in with the uh, Hong Kong flu. Do you know a friend of mine, a woman, uh, was assaulted on her way to the subway down in the village. Uh, just, you know, she's just walking along and there were some, yeah, there were some construction guys on a scaffolding and, uh, they scared the guy away and took care. She had to go to the, the hospital to get some scrapes and cuts taken care of. I love the Asian people. I love all I mean, people, unless they're idiots. They're an ass. I'm not, I can't say the same thing. I do not love all people, but I love the Asian people. <laughs> I do. I do. Of course. It's just, you love, you love Kim all, Jong-un? You love all people? Yes, of course. Unless they show really? me they're not lovable. Mm, well, that's my problem. I do not <laughs> love all people. <laughs> How come you wouldn't let Benji visit you in the hospital if you love all people? Benji showed me he's not that lovable. (laughs) Right. That's right. How dare you? Um, And I still love Benji. Just not letting him visit. I was watching The Feud last night. I'm a big Feud guy. Beth and I watch it every night. The Feud. I was like, what is that movie? Oh, you mean The Family Feud. The Family Feud with Steve Harvey. We watch it every night in this family. (laughs) And uh, it's our kind of game show. Jeopardy's too hard. I try to catch up on the Jeopardy hosts. I happen to see, I'm I'm behind a bunch. So I saw the um, football player, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was very good, actually. 
Um, he I, wasn't I he bad. Did, yeah, he did a nice job for a football player. I was kind of shocked. He, he he handled the questions well. That was, you know, my concern for him was that, you know, he wouldn't be facile with those questions. And he was very No, rude. he was good. He was good. And then he'd even look like when someone got the right answer. Yes, that's it. Um, you know, like he did it like Alex Trebek almost. He almost was doing an, an Alex an, Trebek an impression. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. like, yes, that's it. Next one. All right. You finished that category. Go ahead. <laughs> he was very smooth. I was actually impressed. He knows the game. Yeah. He didn't look like a game show host, though, because he had that beard and mustache. Yeah, he's got the scruff. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that. But he was good. Now, I haven't seen Anderson Cooper. And um, it's so interesting, too, because um, I get the Google News feed and then I saw Fox News. Put out like Anderson Cooper, lowest ratings ever for, for Jeopardy because they hate him because he's on CNN. Of course. They, yeah. So they always try to they always try to make him look bad. They found something they could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. Fake news, fake Jeopardy. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Katie Couric. I haven't seen um, Anderson Cooper. I'm sure Anderson was good because he's smooth um, and he looks good. Uh, who else? Well, it all depends on, you know, if he's into the game. But I don't know. For some reason, it stopped taping uh, all the Jeopardy because I wanted to see uh, the new guy with the guy from Star Trek. What's his name? LeVar Burton. Has he LeVar done it Burton. yet? Oh, maybe he hasn't gone yet. But I want to see him do it. But I really do think they got to get a permanent host. Like, if you do this too long with the different hosts, it becomes very annoying to people. And I think overall, people will start to get this in tired this, of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, the whole rotating hosting. I think it's time now. You've had enough. Um, enough, enough tryouts. Oh, look at this. 60 Minutes anchor Bill Whitaker is the current host. Now, I would think he'd be good, Bill Whitaker, because he's smooth and, you know, he's got that announcer type voice. But I'm also thinking, as I'm listening to this, that the the host should not be distracting. Absolutely, you're 100 yeah. percent right. The, the, you know, I was surprised that Aaron Rodgers was not distracting. He was pretty yeah. good at it. That's right. He goes. <laughs> I wish I had tape of him. He goes. Okay, next category. He was smooth, and you know, I figure he's a big dumb football player, but he's you know. I do know some football players are really bright guys, actually. Yeah, every once in a while, there's a bright one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, John. John John Hine, everybody. He has betting odds on who the permanent host will be. Oh, he does. Yeah, there are, there are actual odds up. You can bet on this if you want to. Don't tell me you're still betting on that guy. Ken the, Jennings? Ken Jennings, dude. I'll you, double you, the bet, Howard, if you want to do it. You're absolutely yeah, Even wrong. after everybody's been better than him. That's so not true, Robin, and you know it. <laughs> Come on. You, uh, you're going to tell me that – do you think Ken Jennings was better than Aaron Rodgers? I don't. Aaron Rodgers was excellent. And I was yeah. – he, he said he – look, he's the MVP of the NFL right now. He said he prepared for this like it was a, a conference championship game. He studied the tape. He saw how yep. Alex talked to the contestant. You could tell he was ready. And after the – I thought he was very, very good, but he's not going to be the host of Jeopardy. He just he just not Okay, he's not going to leave wouldn't football bet, to do it. Right, I wouldn't bet on Aaron Rodgers, but I same would, with Anderson you know, Cooper. I'm sorry, Howard. The same with Anderson Cooper. Anderson, Anderson Cooper, Cooper. Anderson Cooper could do Jeopardy and do all of his other duties. They don't want that. 
They want someone who's just the Jeopardy host. Get out of no. here. Did you talk to them? <laughs> yes. No, I read an interview with the guy who's doing the uh, the recruiting. and oh. uh, it, But I agree with you, Howard. It feels more now like desperate stunt casting where beforehand yes. it was like, hey, maybe these people can host. But it's not going to end until the middle of August. So they have a bunch of wow. people who are still coming through to do this. Who, is George Stephanopoulos one of the people they're going to audition? Yes, he is doing it. So, you know, it's funny. I never heard from George. Like, you know, I'm the guy who pushed this whole idea from the beginning that George Stephanopoulos, he better not disappoint me. He better do, do a good fucking job. Do you think he owes you a call? Uh, I think it would have been nice. I think he should have picked up the phone and said, you know, Howard, thank you. Because you know what? You know, how much money do you think Alex Trebek was making? Oh, oh he made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying whoever gets that gig, ka-ching. I mean, you're talking about a big load of money because Jeopardy is a franchise that's been on the air for years. It's syndicated. It makes gobs of money. It's ridiculous how much money that show makes. And it's a game show. It's cheap to produce. It's it, it's remarkable how much money game shows make in syndication. Yeah. Merv Griffin became a very wealthy man because he owned game shows. He had fuck you money. <laughs> you think he was making the money from that talk show? No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> J- July is going to be a really interesting month because it's George Stephanopoulos followed by Robin Roberts and then followed by LeVar Burton. They go back to back to back. And a oh, lot of people they get Michael Strahan in there. Strahan is not doing it. <laughs> Strahan couldn't. Do, you know, Strahan's good. Don't get me wrong. But he wouldn't be a good host for Jeopardy. Robin Roberts, yes. George Stephanopoulos, yes. Uh, Strahan, I don't think, has the delivery. Robin and Roberts. He's too busy anyway. He's too busy. He's got he's too got many got all jobs that anyway. Football stuff he has to do. Right. And his Good Morning America duties. Right I, now, wish he would, I wish he would come clean and tell me everything that went down between him and Kelly Ripa. That would be a good story. But he's too classy. <laughs> Well, I'm sitting there watching a promo for Good Morning America this morning. And, you know, he's got the big smile and he's pointing to the Good Morning America cup and all that. And I'm like, what happened? Yeah. What happened there? There's no investigative journalist that can pry that <laughs> shit out of those two. I'd love to hear about that. I mean, who doesn't get along with Michael Strahan? That guy, that guy just seems like a. He fits in know. everywhere, everywhere else, <clears throat> but that show. Yeah, yeah, like like it could, they couldn't work together. <laughs> and you know, if he came on Archie Bill, you know, Howard, it was no big deal. I, I probably should have. I love should've... Katie or what's her name? Kay, her name is Katie. That's her legal name. <laughs> I love Katie Ripper. She was wonderful. <laughs> I, I probably should have gone to her first to tell her of my dis. Oh, bullshit. Give me the fucking <laughs> scoop. Be a man. Everybody's so protective. Let me hear it. Oh, look at this. According to Forbes, Alex Trebek's salary was $16.5 million in 2016. Now, realize what that means. Most of the time, Alex Trebek was home, you know, picking his asshole, getting picking yeah. his worms. He uh, Whatever he did with his <laughs> spare time, he had a lot of time to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, they, I think they taped Jeopardy. Like they taped, they taped the whole season in a day or something, you know, something right. ridiculous like that. Yeah. Uh, how many days a week did Alex Trebek work, John? You would know this. 
uh, I think, 24. <clears throat> I was offered a game show. It came, you know, I, after AGT, I was like, I hey, know, maybe I still want to be on network television. And, and they came to me with all these game shows. And I'm not going to tell you which one, but they offered me this game show. And I go, I don't want to, you know, I got a radio show to do. And like my radio show isn't like spinning records. I mean, I got to make up some funny shit for these fuckers to listen to. <laughs> so they, 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 they figured out a schedule for me. I could do the, an entire season in eight fucking days. I go, you're, you mean, they go, bust your balls for eight days. We'll tape, they, they give you the schedule, a couple of shows every day, blah, blah, blah. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, eight days and all that dough. And uh, I, I, said, I, said, I said to my wife, this is too good to be true. This is crazy. I don't Jeopardy see how it could be was done. run like a factory. Yeah. yeah. They so I kind of, I turned it, it down. down. Yeah, I turned it down, but I might have made a mistake. I mean, but you know what else bothered me about it? I was like, do I really want to do something that shoddy? Like, you're telling me I could do a whole season in eight days. It's got to be some shit we're doing. I mean, we're not spending much time thinking about it. And I've got a reputation. Well, that's somebody apply. else's job. And they're doing that before you ever get there. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I telling you, Jeopard the day, uh, you know, the couple of times I shot Jeopardy, they had to be doing five or six shows a day. Right. I think they do five a day. I think they do a week. Yeah. I a got day. the schedule. Jeopardy typically films a week's worth of episodes in one day. Yeah. Because so. every cast for every show was just sitting in the waiting room. You know, when you came off your show, there was a whole bunch of other people already there, already in makeup. And Alex so. took a five second break. And so back think about on the it. set they were, yeah. You're telling me George Stephanopoulos wouldn't love that gig? For, he's got to go. He probably gets $16 million a year. He's got to sit there with those shitheads all fucking week, do live, get up in the morning. You get, you get the Jeopardy gig one day a week, one full day, $16 million a year. I think they go over weekends because I shot on a weekend. Yeah, well, that was Celebrity Jeopardy. You know. Whatever, whatever but I'm, whatever I'm just you saying, you know, yeah, listen, I mean, but my should... show didn't come on for months. They had so many yeah. shows. If they had really known Alec was Alex wasn't going to make it, they he could still be hosting Jeopardy. That's right. how they could have cranked them out. Yeah, he they should have just given them another five years. You're right. They could have given them triple the amount of chemo, keep them going, prop them up, <laughs> get them in there. All week long, we'd still have new episodes. You're absolutely <laughs> right, Robin. Still be here. They could have worked that guy to death. Sure, he would have died a few weeks earlier, but damn, we would have had some shows. You're absolutely right. You're such a workaholic. I love it. <laughs> Are you kidding? Sixteen million bucks one day a week. That's some serious money. Yeah, God knows where Pat Sajak is right now. He's on a beach somewhere. Now, Pat Sajak, I mean, whole year and, is already done. And at least you can say on Jeopardy, you got to be kind of smart. Pat Sajak doesn't have a fucking brain in his head. I mean, all he's got to do turn that letter, Vanna. I mean, it, he doesn't have to know anything. They say he he has a big empty skull. In fact, they talked to him one time. They said, Pat, how do you like hosting Wheel of Fortune? And he went, um, uh, Hold it, my head, my head is echoing. I'll answer you in a minute. <laughs> can you imagine his schedule? One day a week, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. They've got wheel down to a science. It's ridiculous. And yeah. they also do it sometimes on location. So they'll go to Hawaii. They'll go to all these beautiful places and you know, you're working mm-hmm. one day. The rest of the time, it's, you know, it's a free trip, which is fantastic. The trickiest part though of these is you just got to know how the, how the show works. You got to know the rules. Right. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's really yeah. the right. only thing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Speaking of rules, I should play you guys this. What do you think of the, um, John, you probably have thoughts on this because you, you spend a lot of time thinking about TV. The rules on like, um, I was thinking about this. The, the rules on Wheel of Fortune are very specific. There's been a lot of controversy. Like if you've got to say it just the right way when you answer or they take away the points. And uh, I think they're right because even though it's a dumb game, you got to have some sort of rule or else. Well, now they chaos. have these phrases, Howard, and the, each phrase, uh, you know, has several different words in it. If you're not saying the right words, you haven't solved the puzzle. Here, I'll give I you a couple of examples. Here, just listen I to this. understand it, though. Go ahead, Howard. Yeah, me too. I do, too. I thought about it. Uh, a few weeks ago, Wheel of Fortune, viewers were up in arms. A contestant appeared to solve a puzzle correctly, but Pat Sajak said he got it wrong. Listen carefully. So you've got that, and you have $1,350 cash. What do you want to do? I'd like to solve, Pat. Right, say everything. Don't add anything. Go ahead. Soul, flounder, cod, and catfish. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's not right. And uh, Danielle, it's your turn. Soul, cod, catfish, flounder? Yeah, that's it. And it's, he threw in an ad. And I know it's always confusing. Oh. You, and, and, and David did that thing that's so easy to do. He added the and. Anyway, the main thing is Danielle has $3,200 in the wild card. You're supposed to say the words. That's right. But they got it. You know, I thought about it. They're right. You gotta have a rule because otherwise there's chaos on these shows. And then there's people who go, he didn't get it right. And then they, and then they gotta pay off both contestants. It's a fucking clusterfuck. Well, that's it's, the um, same way in Jeopardy. If you don't phrase it as a question, yep. it goes to the next that's person. Right. You're just wrong. A, a, a flounder, cod, catfish, and fuck you, Pat. I can't <laughs> take the pressure. <laughs> Pat warned him though. He said, yeah, he said he did. solve he the did. puzzle add and anything. don't add anything. And yeah, don't be a dummy. He said. Gotta know the rules. Yeah, I want to do an angry game show where I'm like, don't be an idiot. How many fucking times have I told you don't add and? Get out of here. Out of my face. <laughs> out of my face. Uh, this rule has been around since 2016. Here's another example from 2019 where the exact same thing happened. Say everything, don't add anything, go ahead. Right? Football, left, and Sally. No, uh-uh. it's not right. I'm sorry. Not no. Sorry. You got to have that. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm so sorry. You're an idiot. I told you. <laughs> don't add anything. And you added and, you fuck. <laughs> Dumb bitch. Wow. It's, it's serious business because you know there were irregularities with game shows and they had to set up very strict rules very strict talk about a mean game show ellen has one is that show still on it's on wheel is very strict. i get very upset when she hits that button and dunks those people and water you do i've never seen it through the roof I like that idea. You're telling like, I might have to watch them this. across the room. <laughs> you mean if someone gets something wrong, they dunk them in something? 
They they, they do something to them. Yes. <laughs> I I like that. Everyone loves torturing I'm, people. I think I think yes. Pat Sajak dreams of that. <laughs> you, you now, don't add anything or I'll dunk you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Pat it like is trying he like he says that rule very quickly. Like he wants them to get it wrong. He wants these contestants to get Look, it wrong. These people purpose. have watched the game. They know. He's oh, helping them. He, JD, he's helping them. He's saying, don't. JD, do he that. says to them, JD, he says, don't add any extra words. Now go. He does, he does, okay, if he said it like that, uh, maybe. But he, no, he goes, please don't add anything. <laughs> he says it very quickly. Well, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to sit there and, and train them? I mean, they, well, they're contestants. Well, it's a specific type of puzzle that you got to try to solve. Wait a there. second. You're telling JD. me that you believe that person should have won, even though they added an and. I think we all know what's uh, we all know what the deal is. It's uh, it's being what? very finicky. With no, these. we don't. But them, them, no, we don't. Because what if what if they, they add a word the like yeah? What if they add a word like with or they go? You know what I mean? Where then it's debatable. They they got to either go one way or the puzzle. other. Puzzle. You have to put only the right pieces in. Whatever. But I'm going to watch that Ellen game show where they drop people. What, <laughs> I, I, I think she should drop a lot of those housewives into a pit. Some of them are just obnoxious. People get blasted in the face with, like, gook and God knows what on that show. It's crazy. You know why I think you're upset about the whole Wheel of Fortune thing? Seriously? Your speech yeah. is so inexact. Like, you know how you add whatever to everything? Like, you'd be like, uh, flounder. Cod, uh, catfish, or whatever. Um, yeah, and then, and then, and then they'll be like, eh. your yes, nightmare well, is being exact. <laughs> That's very true. I do require a lot of interpretation with, uh, what I yeah. say sometimes. So, you add whatever. too much stuff. Well, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> goes, ah, whatever. I'm, oh, wrong, I'm, say, wrong. I'm sorry, JD. You don't win the million dollars. Ah, whatever. <laughs> JD, please don't add anything. <laughs> yeah, like that. Pat Sajak has JD on uh, Wheel of Fortune. He goes, listen, JD, I know you're f something's wrong with you. I don't know. You haven't been diagnosed, but don't add any extra words, especially whatever. And then you know, D JD, what do you do for a living? I'm an extra word activist. I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm putting in extra words. Well, you won't win. I don't care. Vanna White's laughing at you. I'm oh, never fucking JD. Yes, you will. I'm an activist. I wouldn't go that far. All right. Sorry. I heard you guys. JD, you're a big spelling bee guy because JD in the fourth grade oh, won a spelling right. bee. His, um, Sixth grade. His Sixth trophy. Grade spelling bee. Yeah. And, jo yes. and, and JD is very upset at the changes they made to the national spelling bee rules. So you're a guy who believes in rules. What was the big rule they made? Well, with this, listen, it's not adding and uh, to, to an answer. But, uh, no, they're doing, they're adding a vocabulary, like uh, a question. To, you have to guess what a word means. Not just spell a word. It's a whole, like, it's not, John, you said it was, uh, would you say it was, uh, yeah, but it's funnier thing. when you say it. Yeah, <laughs> no. we don't want to interrupt you. Uh, not, don't get John a, to explain it. You explain it. My dream is a, to say to you, JD, explain the new spelling bee <laughs> rules and then just sit back and listen. Go ahead. <laughs> Start again. Basically, the contestants are going to get a word and they have to guess what it means. And it's not, it's not a, uh, it's a goddamn word. It's not an English. It's not a vocabulary bee. It's a spelling bee. You gotta know how to spell the word, not know what it means. 
So give me an example. In other words, um, let's say the word is um, anti-disestablishmentarianism. Like <laughs> or whatever you know what I mean? that word is. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> word means. But so they would say, okay, uh, uh, Howard, anti-disestablishment, uh, whatever that word was. Uh, does it <laughs> Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Go ahead. So, all right. Ask me the question. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Does it right. mean uh, establishing something? Does it mean, A, does it mean establishing something? Oh, B, so you B. guys are upset. John, you're upset, too, that the they're asking them what the words mean as, yeah, as opposed to I, just spelling them. I can't put it as eloquently as J.D. just did. But, yeah, I mean, you're there to spell. You're not there <laughs> to let people know what the word means. And it's multiple choice, too. So I think a lot of these kids are going to get it right regardless. But it just seems like the problem Why was. Why are they the adding the, that? Yeah. Because they, they have too many kids winning. They had like a 10 oh. person tie eight person, last time. Eight person. <laughs> but one thing they did do that I like is they're putting a speed round at the end to move it yeah. along and get people out. But it should not I be. I mean, how can you have eight winners on a spelling bee? That's ridiculous. They did. It's, it's horrible. You need one winner. They, and that's they ran out win. of words. They ran out of words on the list. <laughs> They can't I get heard, somebody in a back room getting them more words? <laughs> Guess not. I heard you guys watch the National Spelling Bee sorted together virtually. You text each other during it. Like you're the, yes, John, yes. you're a big speller. Are you a better speller than JD? I mean, JD is a fourth grade champion. Sixth I don't know grade. if I'm I don't know if I'm better. <laughs> I came in second place in my spelling bee. I did not win it. He uh, right. back in fifth grade. But we kind of play along. And uh, we both get we well, we miss most of the words. Yes, but we get a couple here. But, but John has gotten more of the bigger words correct than I have. Um, I mean, JD has built his entire like JD's highlight of his life was that fourth grade <laughs> spelling bee where he won sixth grade. Sixth grade. He's still got the trophy in his room, and I mean, good lord! And John, what know. did you get for second place, and where is it? <laughs> I got a trophy that broke somewhere oh. uh yeah of course it I knocked did. it yeah um but uh i you know <laughs> I, I if had i won i don't know if i would have gone the same route as jd i'm surprised though that jd didn't pursue like the local bees and trying to you know well, get no, into I, the national spelling bee. well it was sixth grade it was like the last year i was like eligible to go into the spelling bee i, I went I into the city i lost out thank you i lost out on implausible and uh that was it. I can spell it plausible. I am P L A U J D. Wait a second. I am I am P L A U S I B L E. Yeah, I spelled it. I spelled it with an A, S A B L E, like an idiot. And that was it. But what round was it? How far? It was like one of the last ones. I don't remember exactly what place I was in, but oh yeah, you know, yeah. I know. Maybe we should have a spelling off. Be off with you had so few successes in life. Why wouldn't you stick with that and get into that seventh grade Her spelling? Bee? Wife. There wasn't where I was. Well, I, that's around the time where I moved from Ohio to Florida. So uh, oh. uh, it was a whole thing. And I, I, I lost think... my superpower during the move. <laughs> <laughs> you can't no. you can't move to Florida and then continue on with spelling. No, bee. Florida, but, uh, Florida no. was my kryptonite. There's like an age or grade limit. Uh, in the spelling bee, so I was mm. ineligible. Oh, I had hair on my balls, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I no, you're telling me in Florida, you're telling me in Florida they had no spelling bee for seventh graders? No, I, I don't, no. I, I don't think so. Not that I was aware of. I It was weird. I went from, it was, 
elementary school was whatever to sixth grade. Seventh grade started middle school, and that was the cutoff of spelling bees, at least in Ohio. Um, or How old are those Ohio. kids in the spelling bee? I think they're in junior high school. Yeah, forty-three. I don't think so. They're like twelve or thirteen, I think, at the, at the most. Like, yeah. Well, that's seventh grade. Yeah, you see, I think JD would have been eligible, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was. There wasn't a spelling I think JD won the spelling bee. Then he cracked under pressure because he was afraid. <laughs> you think he was like Bobby Fisher? He couldn't right. take oh, the pressure. Uh, yeah, he just went off somewhere and became anti Semitic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just. It, not anti Semitic. Anti social, yes, but not anti Semitic. It's a lot easier to be anti Semitic. So. Um, <laughs> JD's spelling bee trophy is very valuable to him. He told me he'd never part with it. So, you know, I know that it's a big deal in his life. And I'm like, it's so sad. Like he, like in sixth grade, he peaked. He never went on to seventh, eighth and ninth grade competitions. I think he was like freaked out. He had a big success and he said, you know what? I'm just, I don't want to go downhill from here. I'm, I'm retiring in sixth grade. That's what I think happened. I really have a theory on this. John, don't you I mean, agree? There wasn't any. Yeah. There wasn't. I wasn't good. No. At, I wasn't going to do the geography. But I don't know geography that well. I watched that. I didn't I, say I that. You know, in Florida, you could have found the spelling bee that you. You know what? It. I think it was Howard. I'll, I'll search it right now. Nobody, you know, it just happened that they were having spelling bees where JD was. Right. He wanted. It wasn't like it. he had a parent who was going to say, "Oh, my son is good <sighs> at spelling bees." Let me find out how they do that in Florida so he could be a part of it. Well, listen, listen, I see. I'm looking at the eligibility thing right now for the national spelling bee. It says the speller, uh, the speller must not have passed beyond the eighth grade, uh, whatever this date is. So eighth grade is the limit, I guess. So you had two more years. Uh, Yeah. So you had a couple of years left. Also, the speller must attend a school that is officially enrolled with the SNSB, the Scripps National Spelling Bee. I guess my schools or cities, whatever. Maybe not. Enrolled. All right. All right. Fair and enough. And he didn't have a parent who Trust was going to make I, sure I, his school was enrolled because I, they didn't pay attention to JD. I yeah. was very would into you? it. I, I would have <laughs> seeked it out if, <laughs> if I was eligible. Or I yeah, but the school would have had to offer it. You wouldn't have known how to go to yeah. another school and say, I want to be a part of your school because I'm an excellent speller. Yes. I also think I, think I got an idea. JD why don't we some... get J? Why don't we let JD relive the moment? Let's get some seventh graders in here and let JD compete against them. <laughs> you know, I love that movie where Jason like Bateman is still entering spelling bees. Right. <laughs> As an adult. <laughs> I don't want to be. I, I listen. Looking at that book of words was one of the. Oh my god! I was. How hard did I, you study for the sixth grade? School? I mean, I did it like every night, pretty much. I studied the list of words. Yeah. JD told me that if his wife ever accidentally broke the trophy, he would be very upset with her. Like it would, that would be that. So I where is the trophy? If she you did it out put of, that thing in a case. If she did it where out of anger, she did it. It's right here. It's right here in front of. The, can you bring it, it over of, so we can see it? There we go. Now Not be even careful, case. Howard. It's on some trophy. shitty. It's on some yeah, it's shitty on the top bookcase. Of a shelf. Howard, it means the world. It means the world to him. Yeah, look at it. What's it say on it, JD? I can't read it. Fairborn City, uh, Fairborn City Schools champion, champions, Black Lane, 1991-92. So that means I was the Black Lane Elementary uh, Spelling Bee champion in Fairborn, Ohio. 
1991, <laughs> 92 school. Awesome. Thank you. What year were you born, J.D.? 1979. December 29th, so almost 1980. Okay, I wasn't there. You know how close I was to J.D. when I was in the Air Force? We are right, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> where the aliens yeah. were, supposedly. <clears throat> what year was that again? 71? 79. I was born in 79. But oh. Yes. What the, year was the... School, the, uh, the 91, 92. I was 11 and 12 years old. Shit, all downhill from there. <laughs> well, I'm here, but, you nah, know. That's true. Well, that's what I said. Day, I guess. <laughs> it's not so great being here. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was I saying. Left, I left the Air Force in 78. I just missed JD. <laughs> Fair warning. You're to the spelling bee. Live. You could have seen it live, Robin. <laughs> you, um, JD, you know what you got to do? Because OJ follows you, you should direct message OJ and say, OJ, I just have a question. My wife just broke my spelling bee trophy. It was really important to me. What should I do? How should I go about correcting her? You know, J.D., OJ went to prison because he was trying to get back some of those trophies. But I I wouldn't be upset with her if it if unless it was like out of anger or something at me. But uh, if she did it by accident, I, I would be upset. Uh, period and i would put it back together and you know but that's why but jd that's why i want you i don't want you to block oj because how much fun could we have if you wrote oj you know this is jd i i I, like you i have trophies from my my glory (laughs) and now my wife disrespects my trophies what what is the best way to teach a woman how to treat her husband's trophies and then see like we get advice from oj he feels about his trophies the way you do Dear JD, I only follow 34 people, so I'm glad to hear from you. Uh, DMing with you is a joy, and your question is valid. You know, for a woman to disrespect your trophies is a terrible offense. I would raise my hand to Nicole and say, look, this is a warning. I mean, I don't know your wife's name, Nicole. Uh, (laughs) but jd you've come to the right place i'm an expert in disrespectful wives let me tell you my wife doesn't disrespect me anymore that's all i can say you're not breaking trophies (laughs) you know what i always said to nicole don't mess with my trophies i said if the top of my trophy falls off the top of your head will fall off Whatever you do to my trophy, I'll do to you. But of course, you need an alibi. <laughs> I love how but the, JD, my I admire keeps you. nodding. What? Yes. My public yes. keeps nodding approvingly at it. <laughs> you know, JD, I can tell you got the killer instinct just like me. You got to get firm with your wife. You say, you break my trophy, I break your neck. But don't forget to buy lots of bleach if you're going to talk like that. Uh, you don't don't tell him what your trophy was for, JD. Just let him think <laughs> it was oh, for. Did you w- did you win for college ball or high school ball, JD? Spelling bee trophy. Spelling bee. Oh, I got a good one. Tell your wife if you break my trophy, you'll be D E A D. <laughs> Spell dead. <laughs> you'll 
She'll get right in line. Don't worry. Yeah, you got to, dude, you have to get OJ back on your feed. <laughs> and not only that, DM him saying, sorry, OJ, somehow I I blocked you and I didn't uh, mean to. Yeah, yeah, yeah apologize. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. For yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> All you got to do to get your wife to respect your trophies is say, let me remind you, OJ follows me on Twitter. <laughs> She'll get the message. Believe me, women know how to behave around me. And a tip for you. J.D., don't drop your gloves, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Stupid ass me. You believe I dropped those, I mean, that someone dropped those gloves? <laughs> and I still got away with it? <laughs> you better not let that woman mess with your trophy. You hear me, J.D.? Yes. You could say to her, excuse me, darling, do you know how to spell decapitation? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get back on with OJ. Uh, I don't know about that. Don't fuck with my trophy when you're cleaning this house, I would say to Nicole. Or I'll put your head on the mantle right next to my trophies. <laughs> you understand that, don't you? And she never. One thing about Nicole, she never messed with my trophies. Never. You know, I said to her, Nicole, you're a trophy wife, but don't break my trophies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you ought to do tell tell your wife uh tell dm oj and say you know my wife went into my account and blocked you that wasn't me i want to be friends with <laughs> no, you no, there you go it. that's no, no, no. the excuse yeah. no, 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 no. but i punched uh, her OJ. for doing it yeah dear oj i'm sorry you got blocked from my account my wife misbehaved but don't worry there's a trail of blood following her now. Yeah, I bloodied her nose and broke her arm. That's right, J.D. Bust your spelling bee trophy over her head. <laughs> yeah. I know something about, about J.D. that he doesn't want me to talk about, so I'm not going to oh, yeah? talk about it. <laughs> Jeez. Why I heard you bring a, it up? Now I'm dying to know. Well, I heard there's a mug. You know, J.D. has several mugs. He does. There's a, there's a mug. Yeah, he has mugs. You see all those mugs? No, I don't. Where are those are mugs. Aren't those mugs? Oh, those are cards back there. Oh. I heard he has a mug that he's embarrassed to show me because he's afraid he'll get canceled. You know what I'm talking what? about, J.D.? The mug you own? Oh, uh, I, I think it's, uh, I have a cup. Uh, it's kind of a mug, I guess. Uh, from this place called Dick, it was called Dixie Stampede in uh, Tennessee. I, I went there when I was a kid, and it was the shape of a boot, and uh, and I held all these movie tickets in there for a while, and then uh, yeah, everything sort of, you know, everyone wasn't liking the word Dixie, even uh, even uh, I, she Dixie changed, changed. It, yeah, well, Dolly Parton even changed the play. It was in Dollywood or something like that, and now it's called Dolly Parton Stampede. Now they took out Dixie Stampede altogether. But, yeah, so uh, JD's afraid if anyone finds his mug that says Dixie on it, uh, he'll get canceled. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like, need to be promoting it. I don't even like know. Like the chick on The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not going on it. Hey, listen, pal. I'm not going on Entertainment Tonight and defending your Dixie cup. 
That's all right. You don't have to. I'm not looking to have it defended. I don't. I don't even know where it is actually. Do you think the the uh, Dixie Cups will have to change their name? <laughs> oh, you know what? I wonder if they did actually. I bet yeah. they did. Yeah. Maybe they just went out of business. They just said, "Forget it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you want me to continue with the Wheel of Fortune controversies that um, and Jeopardy controversies? There's Jeopardy controversies. Yeah, I'll give you some. So. Just getting back to this, because I, some of this is, might seem severe, but I understand why they do it. Well, this is the one reason wo- you have rules. That's how you determine who the winner is. Yeah. One woman lost because she didn't sound out the G when pronouncing the word swimming. And some fans were upset about this. Swimming, Listen she said. She said yeah. to that. Listen. G. And there's a G. I'd like to There's a G. Yep. Seven swans a-swimming. Yeah, that's... Not, yeah, can't From accept Florida. that. Amy, it's your turn. Well, that's kind of an accent, don't you Rest think? Exactly. Seven swans a swimming. Yeah, that's it. No matter. Yeah, you know They're not fucking now? around. No, I so, thought she said that. Well, Renee, Renee knew what happened as well, and it was easy to do because she kind of did it in the vernacular and left off the G in seven swans a swimming, and uh, you were pretty clear about that and realized you did that. But that's okay. I love we still have some time. Say, you have nineteen hundred dollars. You're up over eleven thousand. He talks fast. You said He's it like professor. an idiot. That's why you got disqualified. Yeah. You're a big dummy. <laughs> it, was the right call. it was the right call. It was totally oh, come right on, John. Call. Give me a break with that one. She <laughs> says swimming. She didn't say swimming. Oh, the G. Christ. Oh, yeah, but you understand, J.D., they've got to do that or else the whole game breaks down. Then you, then you have to give okay. somebody else a break. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. I love that, that one's a, that one's a little more extreme. I can <laughs> I can see the crossword puzzle format thing, but that that one is a little too much. Don't say seven swans are swimming. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. Uh, Pat Sajak, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And that you know, Pat doesn't know. There's that little eh, eh, sound that comes eh, up, and he goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they know Pat's a big dummy too, so he doesn't know. Yeah, George would lose on guacamole because it is guacamole. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm a winner. Uh, guacamole is the proper pronunciation. And the G is silent. <laughs> Analingus. <laughs> yeah, they don't let him fuck up on that game show. They let him know. <laughs> oh, we can't accept that. That's right. Jeopardy um, is strict with their rules, too. One contestant got a question wrong because he said gangster's paradise instead of gangsta's paradise. See, J.D.? <laughs> See? A song by Coolio from Dangerous Minds goes back in time to become a 1667 John Milton classic. Nick. What is gangster's paradise lost? Yes. Seek 1600. Answer there. Daily <laughs> And Lisa, I was about to say you have enough money to take the lead away from Nick, but you don't even have to respond to take the lead away from Nick because our judges have reevaluated one of your responses a few moments ago, Nick. You said gangsters instead of gangstas on that song by Coolio. So we take 3200 away from you, so you are now in second I, place. You know what? Lisa, you have the I'm, lead, as you can see. I'm calling bullshit on that one. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on that one. That was wrong. Why? Why? Because 
it is gangster. The word is gangster. Just because Coolio doesn't know how to spell it, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's gangster's paradise. No, it's gangsters because it's yes. a mashup. Nah, I, they, they, that guy should have gotten it. Thirty-two hundred. They took away from the dude. I bet you he lost. He said and gangsters the, paradise, and it's the judges too. Alex was moving on. The judges right. were yep. the one who came back and said, "No, no, no, it's got to be gangsta." Not re, gangsta. Re and because of the mashup, and it was probably mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a quibble, but that's the game. Even worse when they reevaluate you. They give you the money, and then, then, like, then ten minutes later, they go. Oh, by the way, uh, if you notice, <laughs> you're, well, that's uh, why I say the the, uh, the host doesn't actually have to run the game. It's those judges back there that are whispering in Alex here. You know why those game show hosts talk so fast? There's so much bullshit going down. They, they don't even give you time to think. Like you if don't we even keep have time. moving. Maybe you won't get caught in the wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the contestants have no time to argue. <laughs> but that clip is part of why Alex is so great because he's like, you don't even have to answer this correctly because this bozo over here got this wrong, and we're taking bozo deserved to win. Away. Here's another one. In 2013, a contestant answered a question about Julia Louis Dreyfus's character in Seinfeld. Oh. Elaine. Alex said the guy pronounced her name wrong. Listen to this one. Yeah, name the TV roll 800, please. Seinfeld. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Fidelito. Who is Helene? No. Rich. Who is Bennis? No. Well, we'll accept that. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> Elaine, not Elaine. Fidelito. That's why the judges <laughs> ruled against you on that. Shit. That was fucked up. <laughs> that's, that guy definitely has an accent. Yeah. Right. That, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I yeah, can't defend I, that. He says Elaine. You can't let a guy on with an accent if you, you want him to get yeah. rid of his accent. He said Elaine instead of Elaine. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. That's bullshit. I'm See, I'm calling bullshit on that one. I'm surprised Alex didn't ask for a clarification on it. You know, like have him repeat it. To, what is this? The Supreme it the Court? It's a game. You <laughs> should have been like, you fucking <laughs> bullshit game. The guy should have, his head should have exploded. His head should have just exploded. Throw it's like, dude, brother. I'm from Mexico. I've got an accent. I said Elaine. Let me see how quick, Alex, you can fucking pull up the name Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. Here, in 2012, a contestant mispronounced Wimbledon. Alex Alex took his money away. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a mugging. In 1884, Maud Watson won the first women's singles tennis competition at this British venue. Read. What is Wimbledon? Yes. Uh, presidential artifacts for 800, please. Answer. And before I ask you to make a wager, we have to take some money away from you, Reed. I'm, I'm informed that you very clearly said Wimbledon, not Wimbledon a few moments ago, so you're losing 800 uh, bucks. Fuck you, Alex. Uh, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on you. Now, that is very clear. Wimbledon is what mm. it is. Uh, I agree. Alex. He knows Alex, what he was saying. Alex does it so eagerly, too. Like, he gets to keep the recovered money. I think that's, you know, I always heard, like, when we worked at K-Rock Radio, uh -huh. that um, that Tom, our general manager, if he saved, if like, if he was able to keep the budget down, whatever overage there was, he got to keep. That was his bonus at the end of the year. Really? So he, yeah. So he was tight with, the, this is what I heard. I don't know. I never asked Tom about it, but. So in other words, if the budget for the year is $3 million to run the radio station and you come in at 2.5, he 
he'd get a $500,000 bonus. So that's why that's he was tight. But I think they said to Alex, listen, any recovered money you get for us, you get to keep. So he's he, like, <laughs> he recovers $3,200 that's in his pocket. I hate to tell you this, but I get to keep the money. Uh, we caught you, Wimbledon. Jeopardy doesn't even go easy on children. During Kids Week, all the contestants were 10 to 12 years old. One kid misspelled the answer on Final Jeopardy. The judges weren't having it. They were like, fuck you. We don't care how old you are. Let's go to Thomas Hurley now. He had 9,600. And he wrote down, what is the emancipation? Well, he was... Because he misspelled it badly, emancipation, you put a P in there, proclamation, that's unfortunate, the judges are ruling against you. Mm. Ooh, yeah, I, that's tough. I, yeah. It's the right Fuck move. you! Fuck you, Alex! You got the right! I have to spell it right. These kids are smart, they should know, come on, mm. you can't bend the rules for that. This is George Takei to remind you that this pandemic is not over. Treat the virus like I treat the vagina. Stay away. You're listening to The Howard Stern Show. I love uh, when George announces. Here they are, Fleetwood Mac. At the Warner Brothers Studio in Burbank, California, 1997. Let's go back in time. Or a little bit of Silver Spring. Is... Oh, Brad. <laughs> Where's my bell? You Beautiful song. I have some facts. I could do a Casey Kasem for you. You know, after her breakup with her husband, Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks wrote the song where she basically was saying, I'm angry with you and you will listen to me on the radio for the rest of your life and it will bug you. And I hope it bugs you. This is a, even though it's a beautiful song, it's a song of revenge. Thank you. How is that? That was a good fact, huh? You want more Casey Kasem? Here you go. Silver Springs was a B-side to go your own way. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. See, Mick Fleetwood, who was, I guess, sort of the leader of the band, even though he was the drummer. I don't know how he got to have his name all over the band. Usually the drummer's like, hey, can you, would you please keep me in the band? <laughs> but um, when Stevie was told by Mick Fleetwood that this song was getting cut from the album, she started to scream bloody murder. She knew how good this song is. She's a genius. And, and she said some horribly, some horrible, terrible things to Mick Fleetwood. And uh, it got quite ugly, according to legend. Silver Springs. Well, I don't think it. I 
don't know. Did that come out on that album? I don't remember. Anyway, Stevie and Lindsay. Well, Silver Springs, by the way, is referring to Silver Springs, Maryland. Oh, really? Yeah, they were passing through the town on tour, and Stevie thought it sounded like a great place. And it was symbolic of what Lindsay could have been to her, that he could have been her Silver Springs. See? Wow. See, that's a poetic mind. Like, you and I go and see a sign, and we just go, oh, fuck that. Silver Springs. Well, didn't you live in Silver Springs? <laughs> did I? I think you did. Did I really? I have no yeah, recollection of that. We were in Maryland. Oh, that's right. I thought I lived in Bethesda. <laughs> you could. You were right there on the edge, I think, of Silver Springs. And oh, really? They were right next to each other. Went right through me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I lived near Silver Spring. I didn't realize, like, we lived in Maryland now that I'm oh, thinking. I yeah. did. I lived we, in Maryland. We now. used to pass. I used to see it every day. You used to see it oh. every day. I completely ignored the sign. <laughs> Stevie and Lindsay met as teenagers at a religious group gathering. After high school, oh. they became romantic. Yeah. And musical what partners. eventually. Group? I don't know. I'm, I'm just Casey Kasem. I'm reading the facts. <laughs> And Stevie gave the publishing rights for Silver Springs to her mother. Why, I don't know. Well, does that matter now that she sold her catalog? Uh, that's what I'm wondering about. Did she sell her catalog? Yeah, a lot of musicians are now selling their catalogs, and Stevie Nicks is one of them. Along with Who are you? Uh, and Neil Young. Are you Mrs. Casey Casey? <laughs> I'm the one who was giving the fact. How dare you unfact me? I'm sorry, I thought you'd know about that, Casey. Turns out I don't know that. <laughs> Beautiful song, though. What is it, Ralphie Boy? Here's Ralphie Boy. Hey, now. Hey, hey now. I, almost called, I almost called you yesterday about Wolfie's mom. That was hey so fucking fantastic. <laughs> it was. She was making me nuts, and you were great with her. She's like everything I hate about people these days. And, and, and then later you pulled up that old phony phone call. Lee King Heinous. <laughs> she, she was uh, she was just perfect. I mean, a lot oh of people wrote in about Wolfie's mom, Barb, who I thank for calling in Tuesday because I really wanted to speak to someone who was against getting vaccinated. And so many different comments. Howard, I loved your conversation with Wolfie's mom. You and Robin trying to convince her to get vaccinated was admirable and hilarious. If by some miracle she goes through with it. And then that's one less anti-vax nut job we have to worry about. Howard, the way you were trying to convince Wolfie's mom today, geez, that was amazing. You should have been a negotiator for the police or the FBI. I hear Wolfie's mom, and I'm convinced we need a revolution in this country. Every single anti-vaxxer and QAnon idiot needs to be educated. You did a great job doing that on Tuesday. Howard, without you, we are doomed. It's funny, um, Rush Limbaugh's fans. Rush Limbaugh's well, go ahead, Ralph. I'm sorry. Yeah, she won't get it. And what's, what's, what's funny about her, too, like, she'll go on the Internet and she'll research and she'll, she doesn't know where she ends up. But just because she's on the Internet poking around, she thinks she's done research. <laughs> like, By the way, Wolfie's brother even emailed me. Thank oh, really? Me for a, yes. Wolfie's brother emailed me for uh, thanking me for attempting to talk some sense into his mother. <laughs> hey, now, this is Wolfie's brother, Byron. Brian. Sorry. Brian. Spells it B-R-Y-O-N. 
I just wanted to thank Howard, Robin, and my brother for talking to my mom today. A lot of sense was spoken to her, and I hope she gets the vaccine. Thank you. Um, after the segment, this is a great follow-up. I wanted to give this to you. Wolfie checked in with his mom to see if she now plans to get vaccinated. Yes. And I will play that for you. What do you think the answer is? No. You say she does. she's not going to get vaccinated. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be no, but I think it's a no. All right, listen to this and see if you're right. Mom, how did you think the call went today with Howard? I thought it was very interesting, and um, I mean, he was knowledgeable on it. And, uh, you know, I did get my uh, appointment for my other shots for this shingle. So at least I, he motivated me to do that. Will you be scheduling an appointment to get your COVID vaccine? I did not uh, make that total decision yet, but I'm swaying more towards it. Based on the conversation today, it sounds like you are now leaning towards getting a vaccination. What kind of brought you around to that decision? Uh, for the ones that did not get sick in the age group, uh, many of them are okay with it. You know, I, I, I want to research more of the percentage of uh, the ones who had issues. How likely is it that you will get vaccinated within the next couple of weeks? I would say probably about 80%. 80%. So, Robin, in a way, you're right. I, that extra 20% there, I, I don't trust. Yeah, but, yeah, that's her loophole. Um, yeah. And she's going to uh, do more research. And you know what that means. She's going to read more of the crap that doesn't make any sense. Right. So, but all right, she says she's leaning toward getting the vaccine. So maybe I we did I love how she was already going to get the shingle shot, and you convinced her to get the shingle shot. <laughs> that was not what I was trying to do, but all right. <laughs> The shingle shot she respects and trusts, but the one the fearless leader invented, she doesn't trust, but she loves the fearless leader. I don't get it. Chippy, go ahead. You're on the air in Mississippi. Chippy, hi. Hey, Howard. Hey, what's up? Yes, Chippy. Well, Howard, I got a problem because yesterday I was (laughs) laughing so hard at Chris about the hairdryer and the pinworms and his ass itching. And all of a sudden, about two hours later, never happened to me before. I started getting ass itch. I think Chris gave me that ass itch. <laughs> well, you know what they say about uh, illness a lot of times? That it's a yeah. mass psychosis. For example, it's called pre- hysteria. Yes. I'm being serious for a minute. That that, that pre World War yeah. Two, there was there was no such thing as back pain. There was no there was no such thing. And then post-World War II, people started to get back pain, and everyone got back pain. And it's almost like you talk about itchy ass enough, then everybody starts to get itchy ass. So we don't want to start a, uh, an epidemic. Well, it's yeah, mass hysteria I, I, is what it's called, yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, do I need to wear a mask? And then if I do, do I cover my balls well, yes. or do I Yes, not? cover I your know. balls. All Put right. your Nothing. balls in a mask. <laughs> By the way, I you know, I was thinking about yesterday's show. I was a little rough on Ass Napkin Ed. I uh, really came down on him hard and told him he was a communist. He told me he was a... A libertarian. Yeah, he, I, I like Ed. I like Ass Napkin Ed. He has provided um, a, a great material for the show, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, but Ass Napkin Ed started in that I'm a liberal and he is a libertarian. And I said, no, you're not a libertarian. You're a communist or a socialist because you take public assistance, and it got rather ugly between us. 
But uh, I've decided I'm just going to stick to his itchy ass and worms. Uh, well, and, you know and, what, Howard? I was thinking about this, too, and I said, oh, I know where his confusion is. He is mixing up libertarian with libertine. Yes. A libertine is somebody who just doesn't care and does whatever they want to do, and they leave the mess for everyone else to clean up. There you a go. A libertarian is a political persuasion where you don't want government involvement. Well, if you are feeling like you have, I think that's the correct assessment. I, I have to tell you, if you are feeling like you have itchy asshole now based on everything that's been going on, it's probably, as Robin points out, mass hysteria. So calm down and uh, get back to and a life without itchy your ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> Just ass napkin, Ed, I think most of us will agree is now the hottest whack packer. Right now, you know, certain whack packers capture our interest. And Chris Wilding and Ass Napkin Chris and, uh, and, and <laughs> Ass Napkin Ed together. The whole combination was hysterical over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, Ed has had his moments on the show. He's like a roller coaster. He comes and goes. If you want a little more Ass Napkin Ed, I can give it to you with Ass Napkin Chris. These guys had a second conversation, or maybe it's their third. I've, I've lost track, but I could give you a couple of clips from that if you'd like. Yeah, we're hooked on these clips okay i got a couple give me a sec i'll pull them up in my little computer setup over here oh cool um okay so these guys got on the phone again and asked napkin chris who's thinking of becoming ass napkin ed's roommate in florida because ed wants to move to florida ed told um Ed started talking to Chris, and then and then Ed Wolfie got in on the call. Ed and Wolfie were talking about a recent run-in with the police. Hmm. By the way, again, I think Ed was, uh, Snapkin Ed was pretty wasted during this call. It sounded like to me, you tell me. So there's a lot going on here. I was going on the side of a building, and I had diarrhea, and I had to take a shit. And then the cop came. He started a burglar, and he shook me down. He put my arms against the wall, and he said, what's up? I said, I'm taking a shit. What do you think what's up? I got my, my pants were down around my ankles. So you were in an alley taking a diarrhea shit with your pants down, and the cops grabbed you and arrested you? Yeah. When the yeah. cops grabbed you mid-shit, did you get diarrhea down your legs? I Yeah, absolutely. See, oh. they didn't understand that because they hit me in the back on my spine and that even forced it out so you know i was totally fucked <laughs> yeah, by the way libertine <laughs> right he thinks he's he's you know he thinks as you as you point out that he's a laissez-faire guy anything that goes you want to shit in the street go ahead and shit in the street That's right. you know but Somebody that isn't what a, clean up the mess you know that isn't what a libertarian does a libertarian <laughs> says i'm taking responsibility for myself yeah uh, Ed, Ed continued in the conversation to uh, go into graphic detail about his diarrhea with the police. So you were mid-diarrhea shit, and then they clubbed you, and that forced more diarrhea shit out of you. Absolutely, yep. They fucked my back up. When the cops clubbed you and the diarrhea sprayed out of your ass, did you fall, like, into the diarrhea on the ground? Yeah, so yeah. When you fell, did some of that diarrhea get on your clothing? Oh. 
was all over. It probably filled your underwear with diarrhea. My under that's an understatement. My underwear was full of shit. Yeah, I, I could have had a lawsuit. Hmm. What was the lawsuit going to be about? <laughs> I don't know, but the the cops actually let him go because what are they going to do with him? You know? Yeah, they, I mean, they, he needs to go clean up. They don't need to go take him to the who's yeah. gal and have to yeah, imagine clean up themselves. They put, they gave him a warning, like don't shit and have diarrhea anymore in the street. <laughs> I mean, why? You know, <laughs> you shouldn't have to say that to a grown man. No, and what are, and the police? What are they going to do with a guy like this? I mean. You know, it's going to go to court and go nowhere. That's right. There's nothing to do. So then Wolfie immediately got our new character, Ask Napkin Chris, on the phone with Ed. And Chris, Ask Napkin Chris, shared his new experiences with the police and being incarcerated. And he always <laughs> one-ups Ed. Here we go. Yeah, but in prison, they uh, they called me Susie. In prison, they what? Because I was like... I was like the bitch, like I kind of had to be a woman. You were a woman? Well, only when they would beat me over after the guards went to sleep. Jeez, you like, I mean, so you got your butt fucked or? Yeah. But did they lube you up? They spat in my asshole if that's like did what you're you asking. Like an orgasm? Not the, well, only the, the like, on the fourth time. How many times you got fucked? Like, <laughs> like 30 times. Why didn't you fight back? I tried, but it's hard. They put a mop on my head and put me in freaking heels. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I would have fought my way out of there. Yeah, he would have fought his way oh, out of Oh, God. It. You know he's going to be a girl if he goes to prison. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> Um, you want a little more of those, too? Yeah. <laughs> All right. In this clip, Chris and Ed both listened to our show. Ed revealed he fantasizes about Robin. Did you know that oh, he had what? a thing for you? Yeah. No. He has a thing for you. He, what, is, you what is it? I've got Lenny Dykstra and now Ass Napkin Ed. <laughs> These are my what picks. Are you, <laughs> what, what are you saying? Those guys aren't good enough for you? Here we go. Now, do you listen to Howard Stern? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. I, I used to listen a lot in prison. I mean, he's great now. He's the best, um, how you say, like, um, orator. He's an orator. A great orator. Yeah. He's the best one. You ever, you ever jerk off listening to the show? Oh, I definitely have. When was the last time? Today. What time? Oh, shit. What, what set you off? No, Robin was saying something. You know, she's got, she got huge tits. And she got a nice body. Oh, fuck yeah. What would you do to her? She would be on her stomach. I'd be on my stomach. Yeah. And then she keeps her legs closed. Yeah. And you go in from the back side. So, why does she keep her legs closed if you're fucking her up the ass? No, no, no. It's not in the ass. It's in the pussy. And you do that through the closed legs? Through the legs, sure. Then, 
when I'm fucking rubbing, <laughs> gonna let my ass worms do their magic. Oh God! And I bet you Robin's got ass worms, and I bet you they got big tits. Yeah. How's he not in prison? <laughs> How's he never been? I'm like, he's never been to prison. And my ass worms will climb into Robin's vagina, and she'll love it. <laughs> that that turn you on, I bet. Yeah. How creepy did this conversation get, Chris, about Robin? I mean, probably tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. to Robin the other day, I said, how is uh, Ed not in prison? And, and she goes, yeah, I don't know. I go, I go, you know what? Prison probably doesn't want Ed. They're probably like, fuck you. They're not taking <laughs> not, you. That's not too that much punishment again. for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, you ever hey. think about fucking Robin? <laughs> yeah, I I want her legs closed, and then I go. Who <laughs> wants a woman's bag? legs closed? Me. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know, most guys go. Yeah, she'll open up her leg. Look at where she'll open herself Rob, Rob, to, a, no, to me. No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 Robin. No, no. I, I like when they keep their legs closed, like when they're resisting. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah don't like... put that shit in me. Yeah, I want her to mace me before I go inside too. <laughs> Turns me on. I think she's hot for me because my colon is like a worm farm. She <laughs> wants it. <laughs> I am I'd be like fucking Robin and then I look down and she got a giant bush, but then I realized it was her ass yeah. worms crawling out over her vagina. That ain't no bush. Dems that's are a, worms. That's like that Medusa. <laughs> yeah, Medusa. If you look at her, if you look at her, your cock turns to stone. You get a boner. I like that Robin keeps her legs closed because it's a challenge. You can't yeah. get in there so easy. I was like, what's he got for a penis? A straw? What's how's yeah. he get? <laughs> it's like a vice grip down here. I love it. Yeah, she don't. She don't even open her legs. I just get it in there. <laughs> I'm basically fucking her thighs. It's weird. So did he? Let's see. I got one more clip here, real quick. Yeah, this gets real weird. Okay, Chris asked Ed <laughs> where he fin. Uh, Chris asked Ed where he finished after jerking off during the show, and of course, Ed had a disturbing answer here. Oh dear. But when you jerked off after the show, where'd you blow your load? I have. That's an interesting question because I have, I bought women's clothes. And, what? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. Because on Facebook, they get women's clothes for sale. Yeah. Then I look at who's selling like, them. Like, what do you get? Panties and skirts and bras? Pan yeah, panties. I don't want tops. And, um, well, I look at who's selling it, and why nice. do you look at who's selling it? Because because they're because they're hot rods. Yeah, because I know her pussy was in there. Mm. Oh, these are used panties. Yeah. yeah, he he goes on Facebook. He finds a woman <laughs> selling <laughs> like. her undergarments, and then he buys them 
uh, and jerks off thinking of these women having recently been in the undergarments. By the way, do you think those women, you know it's some dude probably rubbing right. his ass on those fucking panties <laughs> and selling it to, you know, and he's got a picture up of a hot chick. What kind of what kind of woman? I don't even think like a hardcore crack addict would sell you used panties. You know what I mean? Like well, women just don't think that way. Uh, there's a lucrative business. Mm. Trust me, guys it. invented that business for other guys. Of course, guys invented the business, but women These are doing it. <laughs> These panties kind of smell like balls. Yeah, <laughs> weird. <laughs> I think I got ripped off. This is a ball yeah. type ass smell. <laughs> Her pussy smells like a guy's dick. <laughs> I think I was watching uh, one of those ABC uh, news people interviewing women who do this for a living. Yeah. And they were talking about how, yeah, they have clients they sell their undergarments to. And they don't. I even, didn't know it was that napkinette. <laughs> and it's not even their undergarments. It's just like they. They buy a pair of panties and they, you know, they get to, they go to like Victoria's disgusting secret. Like they, they find a, <laughs> <laughs> and then they, and then they just mail the guy some panties and charge him a premium. Well, there was one woman who, you know, she keeps herself lactating, af, you know, after having oh. a baby and guys come <laughs> yeah. over to, yeah. to nurse with her. And that's how yeah. she makes a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then I. Let my ass worms go into the panties. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. She breastfeeds the worms. After Jeez. you watch or listen to these shows, you go, what's wrong with men? Just what's I, wrong with I bought these panties. And, and, and I, I thought they were, I, I didn't know if they were real. So I brought them to a laboratory. And <laughs> they said they You were, had them analyzed. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And they said there was ball cheese in the panties. <laughs> That's no lady. <laughs> yeah. They told me there was a guy's balls that was making that smell that I was jerking off to. Now, what do you think? Are you gay? I'm a little no. gay. <laughs> no, gay. That's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> men are disgusting no matter no wonder nowadays so many men want to become women they're like you know what i'm disgusting i'm gonna become a woman <laughs> right yeah. give me some estrogen so i can stop having these horrible thoughts yeah what is he gary back in the early 90s we had a listener who called and asked for a pair of robin's panties i don't know if you remember yeah. this so, oh, yeah, I remember this. we got his address so I went out and bought a pair of like three XL panties, right? Then I, I put them in a tub <laughs> nice. of vinegar for like a week, right? oh. <laughs> and then I took them out. And, and this is what this is the thing I remember about it. Mary and I had just started dating, and I got a Hershey bar, and I'm like rubbing it against the crotch. And Mary goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I just have to do this thing for work." And then <laughs> work. I sent it to the guy. Yeah, that was you. I couldn't believe the lady had balls that I bought the fucking panties from. Yeah, and big, yeah. thick pubes. I'll fix her. When she comes over here, she'll have to get, see my ass worms. Yeah. My She's going to say, you have angel hair pasta in your asshole? Ah, No. 
my worms. Yeah, mine look um, like that Bucatini. Bucatini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bucatini. Yeah. It's, like the Italian... <laughs> it's like an Italian restaurant down there. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's say thank you to Ask Napkinet. He endlessly entertaining and uh, yeah. between his stories with the police and shitting and diarrhea and uh, worms and panties. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on there, so... Are you, do you think uh, Ass Napkin Chris will be calling him and, and uh, talking to him some more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did he not know it's a, that's not a guy? What's going on? Yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drinking it. Friend, friend your wine. <laughs> Let's go right into a commercial before we all throw up. That's uh, Justin Timberlake and... Timbaland, sexy bag. I was watching a movie on Netflix with Justin Timberlake. It was Mila Kunis, who's so cute, and Justin Timberlake. And it wasn't like really a good movie. I mean, I would never recommend it to you, Robin, because you would laugh. But we watched yeah, the I've whole seen thing sitting there, and I'm like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Beth and I were like, we will never admit how much we love this movie. We will never, ever admit it to anyone. And I will, I, you know, if you put me on the stand, I'm going to go, I hate You're gonna it. You're going to say, but, no, I never even saw it. <laughs> meanwhile, beginning, and like we were sitting there going, this is so bad. We should turn it off. This is so bad. And then like about 25 minutes in, we're like, this, we like this. Why don't you just admit, you know, you two keep this that I'm a woman going that you have some kind of good taste in movies. <laughs> we do. <laughs> they must be making these movies for someone beside me and my wife. I mean, they have to be, but yeah, it was, it's a very... have any taste. I like romantic movies where there's no conflict. The biggest conflict is they break up for five minutes and then they get back together. Right, they can't figure out they like each other. That's the movie right. you like. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like it. I'm sorry. But Mila Kunis is so fucking cute. It's like, and, and she does take her clothes off in it, and she runs around in cute outfits. But I said to my wife, you know, Justin Timberlake had, I bought an album of his. It was really good. Remember I was into that he album that he made? Music, yeah. He did, yeah. But, but somehow he's like kind of, you don't think of him as making good music. I know. And then what happened? in that genre you don't expect good music from. And then, you, and then, uh, what happened to this guy? Like he, like, what? What does he want to be an actor or something? Like, why yeah. is he not making music? Oh, he does. Yes, he wants to be an actor, and so he spends mm. a lot of time making bad <laughs> I, movies. I don't know. <laughs> I, if I had a music career, I would just want that. I don't. But it's but hard. Doesn't it always seem that you know comedians want to be actors? Yep. And musicians want to be actors. Everybody wants to be an actor in that line of work for some reason or other. Yeah. Seth and I are counting the days till Kissing Booth 3 comes out this summer. We're really uh, looking forward to that. We love it. <laughs> you know, George Takei has been our longtime announcer. He's just a great guy. We love him so much. And we figured, well, we haven't checked in with George in a while. The pandemic is happening. George has been all over the news, of course. He is uh, not only a great spokesman 
for the gay community, but he is also a great spokesperson for the Asian community. He has been screaming about the treatment of Japanese Americans during World War II internment camps. He was way ahead of the curve. Uh, he's my main man. And uh, he is now a distinguished gentleman, by the way. He refused for the first time to record his song. At uh, this point I think, in his life, he's decided he's going to be distinguished. <laughs> by the way, you know, George, I got to tell you. I <laughs> Live long and I, prosper. That's I it. think. And in quarantine, I've added another touch to the Vulcan greeting. Live long and prosper and stand back. Stand back. Stand back. <laughs> Do you think George will ever go back to people hugging or shaking hands? I hope not. I, I prefer the Japanese way of bowing to one another or distancing from one another. I am hoping that uh, we never go back to shaking hands. Well, I've been very Japanese in quarantine, of course, but I'm an American. I love hugging people. And oh. particularly good-looking ones. So I, I, mi <laughs> I really miss that. I'm a Japanese-American. When in quarantine, we bow and are very polite. But look out. When it's over, <laughs> I am coming at you. <laughs> I'm going to give you the ultimate compliment now. I believe that you are more visible and more famous now and maybe even William Shatner, who, of course, was the guy who, you know, you've been at war with for a while. When I say at war, I mean, I say it jokingly. But, you know, he wasn't kind to you. Yes. No, he's, he's Bill Shatner, and you have to accept him for that. But, you know, he is a difficult person to work with. I mean, right. Brad and I were talking this morning. You know, we have been together longer than the sum of all five of uh, Bill's marriages. <laughs> We've been together for 36 true. years. Steady, <sighs> constant, and firm. Did you really have that conversation this morning? Because to me, it amazes me. I mean, you know, I mean, Bill Shatner is so far back in the in the history of your life. But yet, you and Brad do point things like that. You're like, yeah, we have maintained. And I guess your point is, it's not just you, even the wives. Can't seem Nobody to could get live along. with Bill Shatner, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's a whole different thing. Living with him, we just uh, checked into work, you know, and that was it. At the end of the day, he was uh, gone. But <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, not not he's he's a person who loves to impose himself, and can you Im uh, imagine that imposition twenty four hours in bed and Waking up. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. <laughs> you know, George, I've, I've, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. You're not a psychiatrist. But when you when you look at that type of personality, is it, would you I don't know what the definition would be. Would it be extreme narcissism? In other words, he has an inability to look at you as a person. Is that is that an accurate uh, description of the personality of, of Bill Shatner? I think his self-possession is overwhelming so that anything else is something that's either useful or not useful to him. But the most important person is him. It's not the writers because he rewrites and changes. It's not the director because he takes over the directing. It's not even Gene Roddenberry. I mean, they battle. So, you know, 
Uh, I, I, there are people like that in this world, and that's part of a given, and you have to either live with it or absent yourself. Thank Is God. part of the problem, you know, in a way, and I don't mean to compare this in any way to what women are going through in the world with, you know, you know with, with, with some of the Me Too stuff, but in a way, all the years you were complaining about Bill Shatner, when he would come on my show, he would make it seem like you, George, were crazy. In other words, he <laughs> is a very good actor, and he would say to me, he Howard, is. I don't know this guy, George. I have nothing to do with him. And then he would convince me. When I'm sitting with Bill, he says, George is insane. He's got to let go of this. And In other words, is he so good at acting normal in public that we don't really see the guy who you saw behind the scenes? Is that part of the problem for you? Well, that is part of uh, the givens of, of Bill. He is a wonderful, and I, I sincerely mean it, wonderful actor. He right. is persuasive. And the char character of uh, Captain Kirk is this strong, assertive, initiative-taking leader. And that fits him to a T. So he is that. And, but he created that character using a lot of himself. And that's the mark of a good actor. He's would you to... for years? But, George, for years, would you go, damn it, he just went on, you know, these shows and he says, I'm crazy. Would it, would, would, would it drive you nuts? And say, no, 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 he's crazy. Would it, would it, would it, would it would make you nuts? <laughs> I would become crazy if I took him seriously. I right. place him. He's part of a great, vast, varied, diverse uh, uh, pan, pan, uh, panorama of the world. And, okay, there he is. You place him there, and I take him as long as I can, and then I check out at 5 o'clock. How do you as a human being, but does it drive you crazy when he says, I didn't even know George. George was hardly a part of Star Trek. George was some who guy who was, not, you know, he, he, that's got to make you crazy because you're such a part of Star Trek, for God's sake. I mean, it is so patently unbelievable. I mean, I'm supposed to have come in for a couple, a couple of hours uh, once or twice a week. And that was it. <laughs> that is purely, I mean, a, a, a fa fantasy, a fiction of his mind, or maybe it is uh, his truth. I mean, we all right. have our truth from the way we look at it. And to him, I may be there 12 hours. Sometimes it was that long, you know, when we were behind schedule and we were uh, working into the wee hours of the night. I could have been there for 12 hours, but he doesn't see me. He doesn't notice me or he just ignores me. Maybe you're right. Maybe extreme narcissism is, yeah, George was there, but I never noticed him. I mean, all I could notice was me. He knew he was there for 12 hours. He didn't know what George <laughs> he was. No, you were there. <laughs> now, 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 you know, I was looking at your schedule, and, I, you know, I'm happy to see that some of the um, life is coming back post-pandemic, that you're scheduled to go to the Orlando Megacon uh, <laughs> in August. Now, I don't know if I it's I miss that, happen. too. Yeah, I bet. I'm, I mean, it's... You know, I'm. I love those fans. I mean, there's a lot of the narcissist in me too, and right. there's nothing. Sure. You know, you feel wonderful when they love you. I mean, it's this one-way love, and you just absorb and absorb. That's part of the givens of life too, isn't it? We all have that need, and they fulfill it for us. But at the same time, they add to the the excitement and diversity of life. You know, uh, one day I'm uh, at a Star Trek convention getting all that adulation. The next day I may be at a transit conference. Uh, I, I served for 
uh, 11 years on the Southern California Rapid Transit District, where I'm wearing a totally different hat, dealing with totally different issues, you know, uh, starting a subway. Uh, and uh, When these Star the- Trek, but George, when these Star Trek uh, fans are admiring you and they and this great adulation, you can get tricked as a human being into thinking, oh, I'm the most wonderful person. This is what I need. It fills, you know, I'm a hungry person for love and attention. I'm getting it. But it's a false kind of love, right? I mean, you still That's need. That's the danger. Yeah. It is. You got it. It is. Yeah, uh, know, it, uh, know it for what it is and place it and enjoy it and appreciate it and be grateful for it and reciprocate it. But you know that that's not the world. That's a uh, one segment of the givens of uh, the life I'm blessed with. I mean, even in quarantine, and I've been deprived of that and all the other things. You know, there are there's a world out there, and and thank God for technology. This and this and that. Uh, we can stay in touch and connected to the world, and be contributing to it. And so uh, uh, life is a matter of adjusting to the realities that you're confronted with. But George, was there any the, kind of uh, communication between you and the fans uh, on Zoom or any of these platforms? Uh, not in that massive you know, co- uh, convention type thing. But yes, uh, in small uh, uh, Zoom uh, conversations. So here's uh, the we, thing. Here's yeah. the thing, though, George. You are scheduled at the Orlando Megacon in August. I think I have about a half a dozen conventions on on the calendar. Well, now. at the Megacon, you're scheduled on Saturday and Sunday. Shatner is scheduled Thursday and Friday. There will be no mingling between the two of you. Do you think that the, I know you don't care? You would go uh, on stage with him. Do you think he set it up that way? He said, listen, I don't want that fucking George to catch When is George me. there? Yeah. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that's what happened? Oh, you're a nefarious guy thinking of all those angles. What do you, you know, know just, for sure? Do you know whether or not no. that kind of thing is going on? I don't know, and I don't care. They uh, assigned me those two days, and I said, but fine. And they're the better be- days. They are the better. They're the more days. desirable right. days. But, but 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 better yet to see the two of you together. You know, listen, it's like Leonard is gone. Yeah. yeah. Leonard is gone. I, I mean, I think everyone's gone but you and Bill. I mean, everyone and, else has well, passed Uhura's on. Well, who's still with us? Uh, uh, Michelle and uh, and uh, Walter are still with us. Yes. Oh, that's yes. right. Michelle, Walter's still around. Yeah. Walter's still around. But Michelle is uh, her um Son has taken uh, her away. To, he lives in New Mexico. And so she's moved to New Mexico to be close to her son. Uh, but uh, she has had been taken advantage of, so to speak, by uh, her manager. And uh, her son came to uh, take her out of that situation. And uh, I think she uh it's it's a calmer life for her now and i'm glad that uh uh there is some kind of stability now but it it's, it was terrible for her in recent you've been times. in touch with her and she told you all of this no uh her sisters have been been in touch and uh, her son has also been in touch with me 
And oh. I've tried to play whatever role I can, but, you know, family situations are something that you don't want to get too enmeshed in. So yeah, I've I haven't heard it, any uh, of this. I, I don't know. I'm yeah, a store manager. I don't even know how true this is. I don't know anything about oh, it. Oh, no. I, mean, I, I, I've met him. I've uh, seen him at conventions before. And, uh, I, she, her, her home has been, uh, literally decimated. You know, there was, a uh, another cabin on her property and he was living there. And, uh, Piece by piece, it was being broken up. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't, again, I don't, I'm just telling you. We don't have any personal knowledge of this. I don't have any personal knowledge of this or what, what, you know, what his side of it is. I don't know. You know, it's a, it sounds like a. He's disappeared. Oh, I see. The so-called manager has disappeared. Mm -hmm. I see. Mm. Well, so, so in other words, going back in time now, you would almost say the ultimate has happened, the ultimate retribution. You are as big a star as William Shatner. I mean, <laughs> you know, you you are a big draw. People love you, and you are you have really come into your own. So this is the ultimate uh, that 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 you could have. Uh, somehow it's happened, right? I mean, this is wonderful. Well, I've been blessed with Star Trek, but I have other arenas uh, understood that, uh, understood uh, appreciate me and i've been able to make some contributions in those areas too particularly uh in recent times as you've mentioned this horrible thing that's swelled up again the uh anti-asian um, and asian american hate and it's unbelievable the ones that are being uh, the, unbelievable it's the elderly ones that are being uh assaulted and killed yeah. And women, I mean, it's especially women, older especially, women. I said, what, well, brave people, they're picking on women. Yes. By the way, and listen, we I know I, about I, the, that mass killing in, uh, in uh, the Atlanta area. Yeah. By uh, the way, I wanted to, I, can I give you a piece of advice? Yes. Because you're becoming so important to the gay community and so important to the Asian community, especially the way you speak out, you have a platform, you have the voice, maybe lose the bell. When you ring for bread, because you might seem like do you still have the bell. Let me say it. Please. <laughs> Looks like it's grown to me. He's yeah. Like there, the, he is. Uh, there he is. <laughs> Brett. Brett. Is that my you know, I, I, I said, Brett, I got to tell you, I think. George should lose the bell because it might make him look like an elitist, you know, ringing a bell for. No, it's practical. It, yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, by the way, have you ever clocked how quick does it take bread to get in the room when you ring the bell? Because <laughs> sometimes I mean, forever in a day, I have to actually <laughs> get up and leave this room and go to the other end of the house. <laughs> you know, we oh, observed. It's so under Gary was able well, to, as you guys were setting up the Zoom and everything. Uh, Gary was able to spend some time with Brad because he does the setup, the technical setup. And then um, somehow after Brad is done, they go, they announce that George is ready now to come in. <laughs> and George, you come in like uh, like the king. And Brad says, uh, George, you, the, the microphone now is ready for you. And you sit down in the chair and you say, Brad, my my I need my blanket and my pillow. <laughs> and then you complain that the microphone is far away and you go, Brad, why didn't you move the chair closer to the microphone? In other words, 
I'm afraid what's happening now is that Brad is is becoming a caretaker and not a lover. You know what I'm saying? You're very demanding. He's a you loving really caretaker. <laughs> Brad, is he? Is it too much for you? Is are you cracking from the pressure of all of these demands of George? Look at him. He's very well, happy, content. Well, let him ask. Let him speak, George. It makes me feel important, Howard. It's like I have yeah. something to do with my life. But, but don't you think, Brad, that George carries on a little bit too much? He's a bit like William Shatner in the sense that he's a big I take star. great umbrage with that. He and does by have the a way, big ego. There was a debate around here, Brad, that that uh, George, for the first time, we were, we asked him to record a certain song. It was rather bawdy. It was sexual <laughs> in nature. And, and, and George in the past has recorded many, many songs for us. Brad, we feel this is your influence. We feel you're yeah. elevating. Yeah, you, that you read through the song <laughs> and somehow stopped George from doing it. What was your feeling there? Gay, gay people see George as a, like a role model. And I right. felt like because the lyrics were... Hey Brad, let's go to the Ramble and have uh, raunchy Rambles. anonymous sex with strangers. Right. That's not the image that George should have at age eighty-four. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that wasn't George talking because George is always here. He would have done it. But the reason we love George is because he's fun, George. You know what I mean? And, and we even had to invent we had to invent a fun George because George is now becoming more politically correct. Did you hear me talking to Fun George this morning? Would you like to meet Fun no. George, guys? Yeah. Uh, fun George, come in for a second. I want George to talk to Fun George. Hi, Fun George. Hello, Howard. <laughs> oh my! Good morning, George. Hi, Brad. Hi. You're um, not very fun. What are you oh, talking about? My Brad is gone. <laughs> Brad! <laughs> Brad! My Brad you... is the one who's not fun. <laughs> fun George, you have a bell too, and, and your husband's name is Brad as well? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I, I, he's, he's not as fun as uh, the, the real George's Brad, but um, <laughs> you know that's how we differ. Do you uh, wrestle... Do you, uh, yes, do you, do you ring that bell for your bread? And I find it somewhat elitist, I must tell well, you. Well, I hit the bell with my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you are fun. You are fun. Brad, come in here so I can blow you on Zoom. <laughs> Howard, I'll sing any song you want. You would sing a song. Is, Go ahead. And is your Brad like this Brad? Because he's, he's got many, many aspects to him. Oh, he's got many aspects as well. He's he, he's a little uh, though uh, out of shape, you know. He uh, he needs to work a little harder, and uh, so say, that's why I ring the bell. Brad, work out. <laughs> so what you are saying is, uh, Fun George would have recorded this song. Your Brad would not have stopped you. In other words, you would have done all the things we needed you to do. Is that absolutely correct? anything you want? I will do it. I'll get there. I'll I'll record every. I'll do multiple takes, multiple <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> well, I don't like. And, uh, yes, yes, Brad, real Brad. Go ahead. Yes, I want to tell fun george that if george were back in studio 
he might have attempted that uh, song parody, but it was too complicated for, you know, the home recording environment. George needs a professional environment, fun George. <laughs> well, I'm not that picky. Come on, why don't we leave the house and find some jizz? We'll both get on our knees and roll some zippers down and swallow jizz. Ah! You've got to have some standard, Fun George. There's no standards when you're having your fun. And what about you, Fun George? Because I, this is kind of surreal to have real George and real Brad here. With your, with, do you wrestle your Brad on Sunday for sexual pleasure? Go ahead. I wrestle my Brad on Sundays and Saturdays and sometimes in the middle of Tuesday. Brad, George, let's wrestle. Brad! <laughs> Why is your Brad not answering your bell? Ring your bell louder and get him in here. <laughs> Brad! You know, he might be listening to uh, another show, or he, he's probably eating some uh, delicious croissant. Brad! Right, right. <laughs> Are you having a croissant? I wonder, croissant? How, I wonder what, what fun Brad sounds like, Howard. I wonder, does fun Brad have a uh, gay voice? I have no idea, because he's never here. Brad, <laughs> get your ass up here, Brad. I Where's tell my you. dry oatmeal? <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad it, what is the extent of this bell ringing? Do you, bring, do you have to bring George his um, oatmeal? Do you have to? In other words, there's a lot of chores, I feel, with this bell. Am I correct, Brad? Well, I finally, after a year of uh, pandemic, taught George how to make coffee by himself. Normally, I have to deal with coffee pods, the K-pods. He didn't know right. how to do it until about two weeks ago. So he, I'm training him to do some things on his own. But I do bring him hot water. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm George, like his little servant. George, I got to tell you, this is what I'm concerned about. Because you are a spokesperson for people, and you are a man of the people, and you are the anti-Shatner. This image of Brad running around servicing you <laughs> constantly with a bell, I'm just worried that it could hurt your image. That is a distorted and untrue image. Actually, you know, you know, we used to live in a three-story uh, townhouse, and I got tired of climbing all those stairs, and so we looked for a, 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 a one-story house so that we wouldn't have any uh, uh, stairs to climb. But the problem with, with that is it sprawls. And if uh, Brad's on the other end of the I house, see. I, you know, my, I can shout, and even he, he doesn't even hear my shouting. I'd, I'd have to get up and go halfway around the house uh, bellowing, and finally he hears me, <laughs> and he comes. You know but what I this... do with my wife? I have the I have a, the phone, you know, and I, I, I we just text, and I go, honey, you can, can you come here? You can do this through Alexa. You can do this in many, many ways uh, I gotta tell yelling. What? You know, uh, That's George, true. in a way, you know, the bell. I think is the thing, you know, maybe if yeah. you just text, you know, yeah. what do you think, Brad? Maybe it's a bad image. I don't know. He doesn't know how to text, Howard. <laughs> he doesn't? <laughs> he does not know how to text. George, you're so witty. he doesn't know how to do Alexa. Oh, my oh, I can shout to Alexa. He doesn't use Alexa. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to, to joke to about Alexa. this. But, Brad, it, it's almost like the house has become your internment camp. And here is somebody who's anti You know what I mean? It's like it's wild. I mean, George, why are you not texting? You're such a man of science and you're a forward thinker. Why are you not learning how to text? 
because I have him. He's very accommodating. All well, I have to do is the to... simple thing of ringing a bell. You yeah. could talk um, to Siri. You could talk to. There's so many ways you could do yes, this. Yes, you are. You're hey, Google. Hey, Google. <laughs> Find Brad. <laughs> Fun George. Fun George, do you know how to use a phone when you call your Brad? Well, um, well, if uh, if I needed a phone, I would, yes. But my Brad actually never speaks. He's always <laughs> blowing me. <laughs> oh. Brad, hurry up. Your Brad is constantly Brad, blowing I need you. to clean my pipes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, by the way, boys, how is the sex life? I always check in with you. So, you know, you are such a shining example for heterosexual and homosexual couples the fact that you have a loving relationship, that it is a testament well, to I will to answer that question. Thank you. I didn't mean to step on you because of the delay, but George and George is 84. Brad is real. Brad is 67. And so let your audience fantasize what our sex life is like, Howard. Brad, I'm going to tell you something. You're right. Not everything is sex. It's, I get it. I'm the same age as you. But I am oh. telling you, I am shocking myself. I'm going to be totally honest because I always ask you guys to be. Beth and I had sex. Um, I'm going to say it was Friday. All right. Saturday, I masturbated. Sunday, I masturbated. Now, that's pretty amazing for a guy my age. So I know, Brad, you must have needs. That are tremendous because look at me. Or is he too tired? <laughs> I mean, but no, but, but is George satisfying your needs at this point? Because I worry about that. The age difference between you and George is like, you know, me and Beth. I mean, I'm worried when I get older, I won't be able to satisfy her. You have more needs than George does, don't you? I, I think maybe biologically, but I feel more sexually happy now than I did at the beginning years of our relationship when maybe I had more sexual reserve in me just because I'm more comfortable with George and I don't worry about George cheating on me. I mean, not, not yeah. that I, did. I do. I don't. <laughs> Zulu snake won't suck never. itself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> easy. Yes. But, so, you know, so, we do masturbate, <laughs> since I know that that's one of the favorite topics of the show. It is. And, and George, how are you doing sexually? Are you still sexually frustrated? Do you want more? Like, fun George gets it three times a week. What about you? How are you feeling about your sexual activity? Once is enough. It is. It's enough. <laughs> wow, I never thought I'd hear you say that. I never, ever thought. And are you doing 100 push-ups still a day? And are you doing every your Every morning, yeah. I, mean, I got to tell you. Every evening. I have to say this before we go on. You two look fabulous. And I mean this. And, you know, I know George is on you about your weight, Brad. I think you look much younger than 67. I do. Definitely. I think you look, I, I think you look fantastic. And George I is make him, ridiculous. I make, him, I make him walk with me every morning for 45 minutes in the neighborhood. That's the extent of his exercise. But that is a must. And without fail, every morning... And we get, you know, we know the people that uh, walk or run about the same time. I used to run. So did he. Uh, oh, yes. But, he uh, was a thoroughbred. <laughs> he, he was a fantastic marathoner. Yeah. 
he he helped uh, helped me do my first marathon. He trained me for my first marathon, and he always came in at least uh, half an hour before I did. He was right. a terrific uh, marathoner. So Brad is only work working out for forty five minutes on the walk. You what are you doing? You're walking, and then what do you do? You do this whole routine, right? You do this the push up because yeah. you look. You look ridiculously young for a man 84. I am really shocked by you your You just appearance. turned 84. Congratulations. Yeah, that Thank is amazing. Thank you very much. It's the, it's the, the uh, 100 push-ups and uh, 100. Um, it's not. I used to do sit-ups, but my doctor told me that's not good for my lower back. I should uh, do leg lifts. And I discovered that that is challenging. But now I can do 100 of them uh, lifting my legs, keeping my head up. And uh, putting all the weight in the small of my back and uh, lifting your, your legs up. Uh, I looked at times. a picture of you recently. Your your abdomen is uh, flat and hard. I'm I'm quite shocked. I really am. Shall I disillusion you a little bit? Let me see it. There's been some uh, show it, George. Uh, there's been some uh, flesh added to it. Uh oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He does. I I I am getting a belly. Yes. Just a yeah. I got. The, you know what? My weight is the same, but the belly is there. I'm not doing the sit ups yep. enough. I'm not doing enough. It's. What am I gonna do? It's there. Are you doing sit ups still? You know, I I'm not. I do a workout, but it's kind of lame with the weights and uh, things. And I've been lazy about the sit ups. I used to do a lot of them, and I used to run. But well, I my bo- my doctor says uh, sit ups are not good for you for the, right. for the uh, lower back. Uh, try doing leg lifts. You'll find yeah. that's just as uh, you need a fun doctor, hard. George. <laughs> what? <laughs> you need a fun doctor. What about you, fun George? What are you doing? Are you working out? Are you? Do you have a flat well, abdomen? Brad, Brad has trained me for an ass reaming marathon. You have to build up to it. You have to build up to it. I see. All right. Well, thank you, Fun George. I, I'm glad you visited. You, Fun George, you have any last thing to say to real Brad and real George? Go ahead. I'll let you have the, the, the floor for a second. Go ahead. Um, it, It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I've never been more excited at uh, looking at myself. My <laughs> God, what a beautiful man you are. <laughs> By the way, uh, Fun George, I, I know that real George says analingus. What do you say for analingus? Well, I say it angling, analingus. What do you say? Analingus. Analingus. Until the over the end. Analingus. And it's not tsunami. Tsunami. Different dialects in so, so you're saying real George says it wrong. In other words, real George, yes, it, yes he does. To, to give us the pronunciation that you say is proper, please. Tsunami. 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 Yeah. What yeah. language are you speaking? Japanese. The Japanese word. And for wave. Dokode. Dokode <laughs> See, you don't make sense at all. I said, where did you learn your Japanese? And you said, good morning. <laughs> hey, Google. Where did you learn, where did you learn your Japanese? Google. Right. Thank you. Thank you. But fun. isn't that amazing? You can get Google to translate uh, 
words uh, from any language in the world. It's amazing. Isn't it true, George, that... I just know, looked so- it up and George just said that he wants to fuck me in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that. Repeat that in Japanese. I want to hear Oh, it. I'm not going... I'm feeling prudish now. I'm feeling like... <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be fun. This is... Oh, this is awful. <laughs> I'm going to have to meet you, Fun George. Oh, I, I want to see what wait. you look like. Uh, the only I'm a very thing... visual person, as well as a tactile person. Mm, uh, fun well, George, I, how big is your I, penis? I I, I, George is too much of a, a gentleman now to ask that. I'll ask it. How big is your penis? Well, let's just say it's um, a delicious sushi roll size. Be a very uh, satisfying. But is, is it a fat unagi roll or is it one of those slim vegetarian rolls? Well, let's just say it's spicier without the wasabi sauce. <laughs> You know, can you imagine, Brad, of course, this would never happen because George is in love with you, but, and, and, and fun George is in love with fun Brad, but uh, can you we'll imagine? We'll get together and I'll have my Brad call your Brad. If he ever gets his ass up here, Brad! Wouldn't it be great if George Takei, the real George Takei, met fun George Takei and we saw them together in, in, in some sort of sketch or, or something wonderful or even something sexual? It would be amazing. It would be just crazy because there seems like there's some kind of sexual tension between fun George and real George. Am I right? <laughs> where do you live, fun George? Oh, uh, where do you live? I want Fun George to do a little more Wikipedia research on Real George because I don't even think he knows the truth about Real George. Fun George, is Real George cut or uncut? Oh, well, <laughs> uncut's much more pleasurable. But what is he? Oh, we'll have to seek you see this. <laughs> now you've got my tongue twisted because I'm so excited. Brad, <laughs> hurry up and blow me. I'm getting turned on. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what is uh is that in is, wikipedia whether george is uncut <laughs> george is he told me the truth yeah. he told george told me that he is uncut yes yes yeah. i even true. know that's that the fun but i didn't know they put it in yeah. wikipedia oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, brad put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you ever do that real george why don't you ever like what fun george is doing ring the bell one time and say brad i want oral sex seriously why not play a role play like that brad would you respond to such a thing i don't want him far <laughs> far away when we're going to begin sex i like I to be cl- very close Summoning him, him uh, this comes into play only when he's far away at the other end. I see, I see, I see, I see. Well, let me I'm tell pretty you. Set my, I'm pretty set my way, Howard. I don't think I would want to do oral sex after you ring the bell. <laughs> no. I wouldn't either. I, yeah. No, I, I don't, I I don't prefer believe in the that vibrations. <laughs> I gotta oh. tell you. <laughs> All right. No, I gotta tell you, I, I think there would be role play. In other words, George yeah. rings the bell and then he says, uh, listen, Brad, this is not for my blanket. This is not for my pillow. I don't want you to move the chair closer to the microphone. What I want <laughs> is for you to fondle my penis right now without, you know, without, you know, boom. And then you just might have make to the it. bell more fun. You don't know yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The bell, the bell has become rather academic. Like Pavlov's dog. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ding, 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 I- ding. Boom. Am I, becomes I mean, like, you're, like you're the Pavlov's headmaster. Horny dog. 
I'm saying it's like you are the headmaster and Brad is a naughty schoolboy who needs some. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This kind of thing. You, am I right, Fun George, or not? Oh, he's gone. He's, he's gone. Right, what right happened here. to Fun George? I, I, I love awkward pauses, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Brad, come here and fill in the blanks. <laughs> All right, well, I want to thank Fun George for stopping by. This was delightful. Fun George, who does sing whatever song we give him, and love, and his Brad does not interfere at all. So, uh, <laughs> well, enjoy maybe. having uh, moderate levels of fun. <laughs> if you need me, you know how to find me. Just ring a bell. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Fun George. And, and Fun George, continue being an advocate for um, uh, LGBTQ+. Plus, and also, con And please continue being an advocate for the Asian community that has taken a, a, a real couple of bad months here. And uh, please do that as well. Will you, will you promise me that? I promise to properly pronounce tsunami. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Fun George. That's Fun George. And we couldn't get a hold of Fun Brad. He wasn't there. He was Brad, fun Brad doesn't answer to a bell, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> He's off having fun. <laughs> By the way, I, I would love a take from you two guys who, again, I really mean this when I say it. I think you have done more for gay relations and in terms of how especially heterosexual males view uh, gay men because you guys represent a loving relationship and you prove every day that love it doesn't matter if it's between a man or a woman or two men or two women it's absolutely ludicrous to be against love and you guys are and really your longevity wonderful. it's just you know because that was always the thing that was said oh their relationships don't last yeah, your gay men can't stay together. We believe in living long and prospering. When we first got together in the early 1980s, Robin, that was when AIDS was first rearing its ugly head. And George and I didn't know our HIV antibody status. And when we fe we fell in love before I knew if George was positive or negative. So there, AIDS was a death sentence in those years. And, and that was terrifying because there were the, the test didn't exist. Yeah, and. Right. I have not been a Puritan before, and and he hadn't either. And so, you know, we were afraid to have sex with each other, just in wow. case we might have been the carrier. And it was terrifying, as well as frustrating not to be able to have any t uh, sex. And so th that was a horrible time. And then when we uh, got the te uh, test taken, the wait time was killing the suspense, the unknown, and I can't tell you what a relief it was when we both discovered that we were negative. And isn't and it a miracle that you discovered? We you both celebrated like that. that night. We oh, did boy. <laughs> because, because all and, that and, pent up energy. <laughs> well, when you realize that, number one, then you then you take a vow of uh, hey, we'll just be with each other. It's a closed, it. uh, you know, right, and exactly. and then you can s safely have sex. And, you know, I think about so many men who survived that just by pure luck. Uh, you know, when, when I, I've interviewed Elton John, and, and like he even says, I was promiscuous as hell. How, you know, like Freddie Mercury wasn't lucky, mm -hmm. uh, but I was probably just as promiscuous or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. I mean, although Elton did say that he wasn't as promiscuous, you know, as people might think. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you were having gay sex back then, it was just, it was Russian roulette. You just didn't know. 
if you were one of the lucky ones who uh, who who didn't encounter AIDS. But you know, that's why you the key. Got, if are, anything, it's ironic, but in some ways, AIDS brought us that much closer together without sex. I mean, it you know, it was a period of abstinence for us, but we grew stronger and tighter. How long was the, the period of time you couldn't have sex? Was it months? Oh yeah. You couldn't uh, even jerk each other off? Test didn't, uh, the, the, yeah, well, we did that. But uh, the uh, <laughs> test doesn't, didn't, wasn't <laughs> uh, developed uh, for months after. Uh, but became, how uh, hot is that, George? That, that you and Brad, and you know Brad was like a racehorse. I mean, his body. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. seen paintings of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have seen. Did, that, did I show you that yeah, painting? Yes. Yes, oh, you, yes did. you have. Yes, you oh, did. yes. Fabulous. He was like when a racehorse. When did I do that? When, yeah, I, when did I, I show the key, the, the key to our longevity is sexual fidelity, Howard. Since the early 80s, that's our survival technique. But Brad, how hot was it when here you are with George? And George is a handsome man. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. And you being the racehorse and finely tuned racehorse with musculature. <laughs> you, and then you two, because of AIDS, can't have full-on blowjobs or anything like that. The only thing you can do is touch each other's penises and rub them. It, in a way, it must have been extremely We didn't do intense. that because it was too tempting. And that got, you know, we would have lost control when we, we were disciplined. You mean we, you did not touch Brad's penis during the whole couple of months before the AIDS test? That's, I just don't buy it. I don't remember. Do you? I don't think George Brad, is recalling what was my recollection. Are you saying George is senile? Um, uh, <laughs> in other words, Brad, you're saying you jerked each other off during that period of time, and there was tremendous sensuous uh, play where you would rub each other's bodies and do everything but blow each other, or, of course, no anal, for sure. Is that what you recall? <laughs> yes, thank you for reminding me, Howard. That's what I recall. Wow, wow. And, George, in a way, that's even hotter, isn't it? Because you are lusting after this man who has such a fine body, you're like, oh, if I could only put my mouth on his penis. I mean, it <laughs> exactly. must have been, your mouth must I, have been I, on fire. Yes. The, the restraint was unbearable. Torture. This and, is the movie. Try, this is the Broadway know, that's play. A t that's the tension. You know, you're, you're, yes. you're so close and you, you're trying to pull yourself back because you don't want to take that risk, that chance. And so the tension is absolutely intolerable. And then yes. it, it explodes. I and you know, when, it, yes, yes, Brad. When George first started to uh, perform fellatio on me, he really was out of practice. He wasn't that good. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, he yeah, acts like he, he knows everything. the best I'd ever had. Oh, In other my. words, a lot of teeth. Is that uh, what you're yes. suggesting? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how yeah. is it that a man who spent his whole life blowing guys didn't actually know how to do it the right way? So, so what did you? So how did you teach him, Brad? This is important for everyone to know. I think just practice. Basically, he got better. You see, at it. George, George, is that shocking that you weren't that good at blowing guys? After all I that practice, I was. <laughs> Two was. different vantage points. <laughs> two individuals, two so different could, realities. But George, uh, because he takes direction, he's an actor. You said to him, "Listen, tickle my balls, <laughs> uh, get that yeah. get, yeah. exactly right." He yeah. does say that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and he liked that. To, he liked his his uh, breast <laughs> nipples, nipples. nipples. He really loves nipple play. <laughs> I know. Don't you find that weird in a way? I mean, I, I mean, I'm a guy. I, 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 I don't. I, if you're blowing me, we I'm all have our erogenous zones. <laughs> I mean, they differ. Some people uh, think the nape of the uh, neck, neck is uh, uh, erotic. I don't. It's so what I'm learning nipples. today, I, I want to learn something today. So blowing a guy is not like riding a bike. Once you do, in other words, you got to really work at it. You got to practice. My whole body is an erogenous zone. <laughs> we I, know that. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've all heard that. <laughs> Tickle my tits. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. No, I know that you feel that way, but it is so funny because I think of you as the sex expert, you know, the guy who, you know. And, and here, you know, Brad says you Robin that great. seems to know my sexual... <laughs> Uh, proclivities. We all know you. Where did you learn, Robin? Where? From you? Uh, from we the have plenty of time to observe you, George. <laughs> you know what's funny? You read these books about outliers and you go, um, gee, if you put in your 10,000 hours, you become an expert. Here, George put in at least 10,000, maybe 20,000 hours of blowing guys. <laughs> That's any good. And Brad gets him, he's like, Jesus Christ, did you learn nothing? <laughs> you know, Brad, you, you, you in a way explode a myth. I always assume, oh, yeah. one man would know how to please another man because we all have penises. And yet you say, no, not all men know how to properly blow another guy. And that's that's interesting to me. It's really interesting. I think you, I'm mythic. You said <laughs> you said I'm a myth. You I'm are mythic. Uh, Brad, am I right? I mean, you would just. Yeah, that's why just... I think when you have uh, <clears throat> masturbation, it's always the best person to make love to is yourself. <laughs> it, it's true. You know what you like. It's the truth. Yeah. But, uh, George, I imagine Brad was magnificent at blowing you. When the, when the AIDS uh, scare was off and things could happen, how is it when he finally put his mouth on your penis? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> shall I describe? Please, oh, take us back to that day. He, uh, what do you I, remember? I, he pulled me to the edge of the bed, and I, I was able to stretch the whole body, kind of... Uh, like a backward U, and it was all concentrated in my crotch. And I was already, you know, about ready to explode. And then his mouth goes over it, and it's, it's, it was explosive. And wow. I, I still remember that, that first one. My wow. body was arched over, over the edge of the bed, and the whole Red. musculature was focused on the crotch. I actually I remember that. Do you, is your technique, uh, if I may ask, I don't want to be too personal, but did you ever put a finger up his ass when oh you're doing goodness. all of that? I, I would do that to George. If I was in bed with him, I would put my finger up his ass and then blow him. <laughs> he doesn't really like that. No? He's not really. Uh, How do you know? <laughs> Wouldn't you like that, George? Tell Brad what you want. George, this is your opportunity. Tell Brad exactly what you would like. What is your fantasy? I have been telling him all these many years. Oh. What is it that he is not, not doing? That, what do you want that he is not doing? Nothing new is going to be revealed in this conversation. <laughs> Seriously, George, what is it you want him to do that he will not do? I want to know. He, well, 
Sit up. You're, you're starting to slide down. He's sliding, yeah, he's sliding into position. Yeah, where are you going? He's Sit up. Like, he's falling apart. He's, he's about go. 20 feet from the microphone. Yeah. I I'm think he's looking my for a... back. Yeah, I know. I'm remembering that. <laughs> George, do you want Brad to eat your ass? Yes. Yes. Did you know yes. that, Brad? No, didn't know uh, that. No hesitation, even. You, did, you didn't know that at all, did you, Brad? That's a total No, uh, shock because I always thought, like, you know, AIDS, uh, bacteria. I just thought it was... Oh, I'm clean. Sanitary. He's we, clean. We both, yeah, um, we both shower before then. Well. And I make it a particular point. <laughs> well, I have clean. a question. Do you have uh, uh, the Toto toilet? Uh, yeah. Yes. You do? Yes. yes. Two, we have two of them. And it cleans the asshole beautifully, if I may yeah. say. In fact, I've learned to swallow the water with my ass, and I'm not making a joke. <laughs> and I can burp it out. So I am so clean back there. So, Brad. How did you that, find out uh, about the uh, what, toilet? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel told me about it. A couple other people told me about it. It's an invention from Japan, as a matter of fact. Yes, and, it is. Uh, I, we discovered and, it in Japan. Yes. We, we stayed at, at the uh, Roppongi uh, Hyatt. I'm Park Hyatt, and uh, I, you're getting I, off topic. George. Well, no, I sat on the pot, and I, I saw this diagram beside me, and so I thought, I wonder what happens when I push that. <laughs> no, <laughs> suddenly. But George, what, what I'm telling it? you and Brad is, listen to this. I have I have this ability where if I shoot the water in there, I can gather the water in there, much like a mouth, and then burp it out. And all <laughs> excrement comes out, and I have this ability. And so I'm extra clean back there. There's never any remnants. So what I'm saying is, if you're using the Toto and you're getting clean back there, uh, Brad, does that maybe make George's fantasy of you eating his ass come true? Can it possibly happen? He's very clean. I'm going to have to say no. Right. It's too <laughs> gross for you. It's... Uh... Yeah, I don't think I think there's other things going on back there with George, like hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoid. Oh <laughs> my I god! Just, I don't want my tongue back. <laughs> there. Look at George's face. George, look at George's face. George, is any oh of this god. is any of this reality, George? Uh, that that there's hemorrhoids or some other issues back there that perhaps there have be been, off. and in his yeah. lifetime, maybe not yeah, right there, now. There was a long time ago, but no, not not anymore. And uh, actually, with the Toto toilet. Uh, the uh, idea of using uh, toilet paper is uh, uh, superfluous because uh, right. it's completely clean. I mean, there's nothing that comes off on the toilet paper except yes. the the water. You know, you dry yes. the uh, rear, and that's that's why <laughs> the toilet paper. But otherwise, uh, it's um, not there. But Brad, to, uh, I think what clean. George is trying to say is, and I'm judging by the look he gave you, this is a fantasy of his before yeah. he. You know, but listen, he is getting older. He doesn't know how much time he has left. His fantasy is to have you, I guess, turn him over. Oh, I know how much time You know, he left. takes that, uh, th those fiber pills that you talk about, Howard. Metamucil, and, uh, I take that yeah. too, yes. But the thing is, he, like the other day, he said he was constipated because we oh. ate like too much rice. And so I gave him uh, like three uh, Dura, those uh, Dura laxatives. Duralax. Yes. Yeah, and then and then after a day, nothing happened. He was still constipated. I looked at him, and they they expired in 2015. So I went to the drugstore <laughs> and I got him three more, and I gave him three more. So he had six of those in two days, and then his rear end became like explosive, explosive 
Volcanic. Well, oh, well. And so that's the thing. I visualize that. When you talk about working on George's rear end, that's what I visualize is George having all that. You want to know what, Brad? I'm with you. I, I, um, not that my wife wants me to stick my tongue up her ass. Um, I, I'm not a fan of putting my tongue up an ass, but I just know George wants it so badly. Um, <laughs> you know, I can see maybe, the look. Maybe a dildo. I feel like you're my agent. No, because I do feel with a lot of couples. Negotiate with my husband. For... <laughs> well, you know why, George? I feel with a lot of couples, as loose as you two guys are, and I love your playfulness, it is difficult when you get alone to ask for what you really want sexually. It's I ask. But, yes. you ha but how come Brad never heard that you want to tongue up your ass? Because I really didn't want it that badly. I, I what do you want? It on my nipples. Uh, my nipples yeah. and, and his, his, his kissing me all over my body. Yeah, he and he's not doing this? His body. Are oh, you I doing it? He does it. Yes, he does it. Uh, uh, the, the, up and down the yeah. thigh, up in uh, my stomach, my chest, and particularly my nipples. My nipples get an erection. <laughs> How long do you spend, Brad? How long do you spend on George's nipples in in the foreplay aspect? Uh, that's a like, that's a long time. I'll clock him next time so I can yeah. tell Please. you. Please, <laughs> uh, yeah. well, is it five minutes? Because is it two minutes? It, what would you? It might what, be what, would to, you? I would say, sorry, Howard. It might be up to five minutes because. That's really where he gets his most pleasure. And then the coming function of his anatomy, that you know, that's over fast. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's been there uh, for a long time, wanting to explode because of the nipples and, and up and down on my thigh and my uh, uh, belly. So uh, it, it, the, uh, it's been hard for so long that it, it's absolutely ready to explode. Brad, in all honesty... And this is my biggest fear. If I wanted my nipples kissed for like five minutes, I would worry that my partner's sitting there going, Jesus Christ, how long do I have to kiss this fucking guy's nipples for, you know, before I can get, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what's going through your head, to be honest about it? George is very reactive to it. He really, he moans and groans and he likes it so much. So like, I, it's like, I, I'm entertained by doing it for him. I can't what's, what's believe his, we're having this discussion at I can't either. seven oh two in the morning. This I is know. morning for us here. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's important because you know this is what we're talking about. How do you keep a relationship going? And what Brad is saying is the most beautiful thing. He enjoys that you moan and groan with these <laughs> this nipple torture that he does on you. You don't bite it's him. Entertaining. You just lick his nips. You don't bite him or anything, right? I like I like a little bit of uh, like teeth on them occasionally, like, like a kitten bite, you know. Real. Yeah. And George, what are you doing? Are you playing with your penis while he's doing this? Are you uh, rubbing yourself? Uh, I'm rubbing myself. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. And well. kind of guiding him th uh, throughout the uh, journey over my where torso. you want attention started, now. I wow, think. wow! 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 He's starting to wow. slide back into position, Howard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? He's oh, really he's getting ready. ready. <laughs> Are you getting worked up right now, George? Is that what's going on? I swear to God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes you know after a discussion like this, it makes it very difficult to uh, discuss anti-Asian violence in the oh, Chinese of 1871. It's very, very difficult to switch topics. But, but well, you know, the victims it, it, usually are elderly. Uh, that's right. And I'm not elderly, so I'm not going to be victimized. <laughs> you know, you're really but you know, not. The one, one thing, thing I wanted I... to point out, Howard, is how many obstacles. You know, we talk about longevity and people getting together and, you know, you laud heterosexual couples as well as anyone else who can 
can keep a relationship going Absolutely. for a long time. But they've had obstacle after obstacle. Obstacle hiding because of George's career, right? Yeah. Then loving each other and not being able to sanctify it with marriage. It's just gone on and on and on and on. And now we have this uh, anti-Asian thing going on. Yes, it's endless. It's endless. But you guys, life is full of challenges. You guys are so joyous and so full of life. And and really, when you talk about your age, especially George's age, he when I see George walking, he walks like a young man. He does not. He keeps me young. I have to, you know, I've got I'm responsible for a young man. So I've got to keep myself in shape. So and also, George, doesn't it drive you crazy? The thought if anything happened to you, you know, some guy is going to come in. And rock Brad's world. <laughs> you know you're going to be rolling over in your grave. I want him Brad... to be happy. I no, want you don't. him to be No, happy. you don't. Yes, do. you... Stop it. No, if I'm not around. You want him around, hooking up with a, a hot guy? I don't want him grieving and and sorrowful and, you know. I All want right. Him so to let's say the horrible enjoy his happens. life fully. Hold it. George, let's say the <laughs> yes. horrible thing happens. You're gone now. Brad calls me up. He says, Howard, <laughs> look. I need you to put me on the dating game on your show. I need a guy. I get, I get three hot guys with the biggest, fattest cock you ever saw. They each are going to do shit to Brad that's going to rock his universe. You're going to be up in heaven saying, thank you, Howard. <laughs> thank you for facilitating this. Is that what you're saying? Is that a re- addressing? That's a question to you. You're, you. you're okay We're with that? I don't you. want. I don't want Beth being happy after I'm gone. For God's sake! Oh, <laughs> I'm uh, the total opposite. Uh, uh, we're Buddhists, and we have a whole different uh, feeling. Right now, I'm in this shape. The molecules and uh, atoms are in this uh, combination here, and that's me today. But when I pass, I return back to the vast oneness of uh, the universe. And, you know, I may be, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be cremated, but uh, some of the ash uh, could uh, fall on the ground and feed the lawn. A bird might come and, and uh, yeah, but, take but a sure, bite out of that. Never mind yes. that. What if Brad hooks up and he's now, all of a sudden, he's with some young hot guy and he's eating this guy's ass. All of a sudden, you're going to be sitting there going, what the fuck? All this time, he never ate my ass. And now he's got this new hot guy and he's eating ass like it's uh, going out of style. You're going to be a little upset. And then and then what right if Brad finds I would be upset damn because right. I'm around. But I want him to be happy when I'm no longer this guy. I see. This combination of atoms and molecules uh george takei and i want him to be uh, as happy as i am when i'm me brad can you imagine form. you'll have you'll have the bell and you'll be ringing it i was gonna say husband. who gets the bell will george <laughs> oh, brad. will no, brad now george. be ringing the bell no george i'll will george. this to him by the <laughs> way it's gonna, it's gonna be his <laughs> this is uh you know because you guys occasionally you guys occasionally get political and i i wanted to uh, bring our next guest on who will uh talk with you about this Mitch McConnell, as you know, is a senator for the United States. <laughs> he requested to come on. He feels he's been watching you on TV, George. And Mitch says that you are whining too much, that you have it good in this country and you better stop all the nonsense. And he I has feel, been the whiner. 
He has been the rich. I'll let one. you tell him. Uh, Senator Optimal. McConnell, hello. Uh, thank you for <laughs> joining us. Yes. About hello, Howard. This yeah. is the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> yes, it is. This is uh, Mitch McConnell here. It's, uh, it's great to be on the program, and I, I did want to speak to you. You know, George, I've been a uh, United States senator for, it's going on 37 years now. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, you know, in my time in politics, I've never heard a bigger whiner, a bigger baby than you. Well, you know, I've been watching you, Mr. Uh, uh, senator McConnell. Sure. And uh, when President uh, Obama nominated uh, uh, um, Merrick Buttrick, uh, Mer- Garland. Merrick Garland. Merrick Mer- Buttrick is an actor who played uh, Bill Shatner's son. You see, George, this is a problem. Well, it's no, very, no, no, very no. hard to keep Excuse up with me. what Excuse you're me. saying. You haven't, you haven't allowed me to finish a sentence yet, and that is so, so uh, impolitic of you. You've got to learn to but, listen. But, you know, George, I follow you on Twitter. I no, see you on Twitter, when, and I see you Merrick, in the news uh, program. Merrick when Ireland was nominated, you rigidly and uh, with complete disregard for the responsibility you bear, George uh, makes a good point. His name up the Senator for, uh, George George makes a good point. Howard. Why didn't you allow? Mer- go ahead, go ahead, Senator. Yes, you know what I'm sorry. I do? At least I do something. At least I have a voice. I go on the Senate floor. I'm not on a Twitter feed uh, retweeting uh, the liberal media, making you know clickbait kind of head headlines i do something and george if you want to come no you didn't do anything on the floor of the senate you were rigid and silent and absolutely unmovable and you had a responsibility a constitutional responsibility to bring uh um, uh judge uh uh, garland's uh, but i just want to know what the what the issue is george because it's either japanese american internment camps or it's gay issues and meanwhile you have a you have a charmed life. You have a very charmed life, George. I oh, mean, me? you're doing oh, absolutely. You're a gay man, very well respected. You are Asian, so really, yes, and I, I really it doesn't fit I, the fit the narrative well, that you're American trying to, to put out there, George. Because I am an American, and I uh, I, I worked to f- to give truth to the uh, noble ideals of our democracy you know, George, I am yeah. where i am now, senator my wife my wife i'm saying uh, something about my wife my wife an elaine and she, and and she tells me things are great very she's well having a Chinese <laughs> family oh no, really she's having a great money, time they, they, you have used the money confused. from her wife's uh, wife she's born in taipei uh, and she grew up in Long Island, but she's having a... Yes. She's having a, a well, wait a, a second. What do you think... All right, yeah. Senator, let's lighten it up. What do you think of the fact that Brad will not put his tongue up George's ass? What do you make <laughs> well, of that? Well, I think it might, it might lighten him up a little bit, make him a little more fun. You know, you should have sang that song, George. I don't know what the issue is. I, I'll, just, I'll sing it right now. You don't I come know on in, I'm going to paint the town, and all that jizz. I mean, I've never heard well, Mitch McConnell be this much fun. I'm good you know, Mitch, I gotta say, you're more fun than George. <laughs> oh, you're goddamn right. I, I dare you to sing that song on the floor of the United I'll States. I'll do it. You can come join me. You will not be in office. You, you know, know, I gotta oh, stick up to George. Some only, hairy snakes and all that jizz. If you only, I'm gonna. Be, George, you're right. Responsible and did your duty, then you would not be. You know, George, we we all have crosses to bear. When I was a child, I had polio. Okay, and it, it, you know, it had some effect. I look like a dehydrated potato. You don't see me 
<laughs> going around <laughs> bitching because, okay, you were in a, a camp, a Japanese internment, terrible thing. But I have to tell you, I do have some friends that were in the uh, Japanese uh, internment camp, American internment camp, and they loved it. They said it was fantastic. Uh, that that it was is like not true. It no one could love it. Oh, man. They said how deluded you are. They don't understand. They put Parcheesi? We were innocent <laughs> with no due process. Uh, we, That's right. We were loyal Americans, that was, as, as was proved by history. But That's right. The, the leadership failed. The, right. The, uh, we have an attorney general named uh, Earl Warren in California. Oh, I know the Earl. Top yeah. lawyer of our of our state, and he's the one Good that guy. said we have no reports of spying or sabotage or fifth column activities by Japanese Americans, and that is ominous. Yeah, uh, Brad, you better eat George's ass because he's, he's you better you gotta calm him. him down. The speech <laughs> is starting. All right, look. This is a serious show and a serious topic. <laughs> and I want to and be very serious here. Very I don't serious. like Oh, no. Senator. You're blind and deaf. Yes. No. Senator, I have to you say. You don't listen and you're totally irresponsible. I listened to everything you said. You said that uh, uh, the camps were some guy named Earl. He was involved. And uh, <laughs> they, they didn't close the camps because there was no record. Now, I heard you very, very, very well. So what's the problem? What's the issue here, George? You're going to go on Twitter and bitch about me now? Do you, do you know anything about the U.S. Constitution? Yeah, I know. Don't. Ask my question. You clearly do not know. Yeah, he doesn't you know. know. You're going to get another hemorrhoid if you keep yelling and screaming. under the law. <laughs> this is a problem. This what, is why this guy won't eat your ass. Define for me what equal justice under the law means. <laughs> now, that was a low blow. No, 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 Senator, I got to step in for my friend George yeah. and Brad. Uh, for you to say that the reason bread won't flow, George, is because he has a hemorrhoid. <laughs> he won't in eat his ass. Of- Wait a second. I never. You see, you guys like to scramble people's words. I said he won't <laughs> eat his ass because he. What did I say? I, I, you you're said just getting me blow. upset. Uh, you're you're right, getting right. me upset because yeah, I was not- talking about analingus and homosexual and uh, uh, backdoor eating, not blowing. Okay. You know what, Mitch? Uh, we don't remember who was in Congress at the time they decided on those Japanese-American internment camps. But we no. know now that they were all on the wrong side of history. That's what right. are you going to do true. when you are accused true. of being That's on true. the wrong Tennessee. side Thank of history? Thank you. Yeah, Tom answer that. Stewart. First of all, was a senator from Tennessee who said on the floor of the U.S. Senate yeah. that any Japanese in this country would stab you in the back. Now, how many Japanese would a senator from Tennessee named Tom Stewart have known? All I, I know, say, uh, all listen, I know, Senator, yeah. do something, say something now. I hate to see the country so divided. Can't you for once say something to Brad and George that will <laughs> unite the country and get this uh, settled? All right, here we go. You ready? Go ahead. Come on, Brad, why don't we leave the house da, 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 and find some jizz? We'll both get on our knees. There you go. All right. Thank you, Senator. All right. Down. I could see having a serious uh, conversation. Guy, you can't you could have sang any song kind of discussion with Eat that guy's ass, will you? Well, right. thank you, Senator. This, we all agree that Brad should eat your ass, except for Brad. He doesn't agree. Well, you know, do you force somebody to do a sexual act they don't really care to do? No, you don't. You do not. You got to. Right, right. right, Senator. George is you, a good partner because S- of that. Senator, I'm sure with your wife, you respect when she says no, of course. Right. Okay, there you go. That's every day, right? He's, so. gone. <laughs> yeah, right? He's gone. He's gone. Um, uh, Brad, of course. 
I don't think you should do anything you don't want to do. I was just trying to advocate for George. I know he gets uptight <laughs> asking you for certain things. It was a shock this morning that George <laughs> wants his ass eaten. No one knew. Uh, you're treating him like he has worms. I mean, for God's sake, the man is clean as a wish. Yes. Howard, George has a lot of <clears throat> Asian American Heritage Month bookings for the month of May, which is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So I don't Good. know. I, the, the self-disclosure about this might counsel some of those <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. no I'll no, tell no, you no. why it won't. I'm going to tell you something. You two guys, more than anyone that I know, represent freedom to me. I admire you. I think that what you do as a couple, I'm talking about your sense of humor. I'm talking about your passion for Asian Americans and the LGBTQ community are always an inspiration. And yet you're not fuddy-duddies. You're, you, you laugh <laughs> and you cry and you're everything good about being a human being. I, you, are, you are literally my favorite couple. I can't think of a couple that I, I, I love more than the two of you. I mean that. I really And it's mutual. It. We love you. Yes, we and do. I, Yes, I mean, it's so good to touch base with you two guys and know how uh, great you're doing. And, you know, before before we run out of time, what did you make of this? And I find this sad. The Bachelor, I don't know if you ever watched the show, but The Bachelor came out. It turns out he's gay. And it's sad that in our country. Colton, you're talking about. The, Colton Underwood. Under bachelor, yes. Yeah, The Bachelor. And he finally said, look. I got to come clean. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was with these women, but I'm, I'm really not interested in women. Am I sexually, I'm sexually attracted to men, but it's sad even in this day and age. And I think that you two guys make it more normalized. People are used to seeing two men together because you two are such a great couple. Am I right on this? What are your thoughts? You are. But, and, and I understand Colton's position because I too was closeted for most of my adult life. I came out publicly, you know, I was out kind of, I was a member of a, a gay running club. That's where we met yes. uh, for much longer. But I came out publicly, I spoke to the press in 2005 uh, when I was 68. That's very right. late. But it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's veto of uh, the marriage equality bill, which the California leg legislature had passed. And all it required was his signature, one more signature, that, and it would have become the law of the state. And he vetoed it. And that got us so angry that we decided, all right, we're ready. We're coming out. And I spoke to the press and blasted uh, Schwarzenegger's veto. But I understand. Is that a great regret in your life that you spent so many years in the closet? In other words, it is liberating to be able to hold your partner's hand in public and go out on right. dates and not have to look over your shoulder. Don't you wish it, it, when you were 20 or 30 that you could have had that kind of freedom? I don't believe in coulda, woulda, shoulda, because I lived the life I lived and I lived it productively. But hypocritically, too, because, you know, I was out there uh, as part of the uh, civil rights movement, speaking out for e equality for African-Americans after four of uh, uh, 400 years, four centuries of, uh, uh, of enslavement and Jim Crow segregation and then struggling uh, during the civil rights movement. And I was a part of that. I'm proud of that. And I, and I was closeted. And there were African-Americans in the civil rights movement who were also closeted, too. 
And so that was the reality of the times. And I was a, 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 a there was a war in the, uh, Southeast Asia, the Vietnam War, and I was a strong uh, uh, proponent of peace. But that was dividing this country. The United States was split in half. Those that passionately supported uh, the Vietnam War and those that uh, were equally passionately against it. And you know, you I, make such a beautiful point. I don't care about what Brad is into. It would be an honor if I could eat your ass. I really <laughs> Brad, I've this been guy even deserves an ass eating. He deserves an ass eating. He, he would really take does. you, Howard. He would take you yeah. as a surrogate. Thank you. Thank you. I consider <laughs> it because you have. And, and, and George is right. He's been on the right side of history all along. Wouldn't it have been yeah. great if he could have been an advocate? But I was a earlier. hypocrite, too, at That's the same right. time. That's right. Yes. That's true. It's true. And, and Brad, you were closeted for a while, or were you, you were out at a younger age, I think, right? Well, I... I, I I went back in the closet when George and I started dating because we would go to Hollywood screenings and I was always his uh, buddy. business partner, buddy. Right. But I was. Did you ever, not. did George ever say to you, listen, I'm bringing a woman with me, but you'll stand near us and uh, you'll be my. You'll uh, be there, but we. You'll be, be my publicist other. or something. Yeah. Did he ever, uh, did, George, did you ever have to put Brad through that? No, I didn't. Uh, but I did. Uh, have beards, as we call them, uh, right. women friends for public appearances. Um, and how would that uh, work, George? How does that work? In other words, my, Brad, you go home. To, yeah, but, but would you say to a woman, listen, um, I just want you to know on the QT, I'm not, yeah, I'm gay, but would you do me the favor of accompanying me to an event and act like my girlfriend? Or would you just ask a girl out or would your agent or, or somebody in your organization uh, arrange it? How did it work? I, I have friends who are, who happen to be female as well. And right. they knew our situation, uh, the, my, my female friends. And so they uh, accommodated they, me. I see. I see. They, we, we mutually had an understanding. Yeah. And uh, one that I know uh, of it was, uh, a lesbian herself. Ah, I see. What an amazing story. What an amazing, not only your story, but even I go back in time with George's career. You know that most people don't know this. George started acting. He was, his first acting job was a voiceover work on the, on the great Rodan. He dug <laughs> eight parts. Yes. How old were you when you did that? It, we, you, I was you, a eight, 18, I think, 17 or 18. And the, the movie Rodan, I love Rodan. Rodan was, was, was always going up against Mothra and King Kong, you know, all these different monsters. <laughs> all the different monsters, yes. And you would dub in the voices uh, from Japanese English. to English. In English. So you were that guy. We can hear your I voice on that. Wow. Yes, you can. <laughs> About a half a dozen voices, different uh, voices. Yeah. And that was my first paying gig. And that was my summer... Uh, uh, well, it, it was for three days. Uh, I was uh, I was going to Berkeley as a, a architecture student, but uh, this uh, summer gig for three days popped into my lap because you spoke English so well and you understood Japanese. You became the voices, the English voice, and that is a 
Brad, what a man he is. I could see. Yeah. I, 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 are you going to put your tongue up his ass? You really, really should. <laughs> I mean, what an amazing icon this man is. Uh, are you, are you Look, he's got your to contend with that bell, Howard. Uh, well, we'll get rid of that. I, I agree with you, Howard. That damn demanding Here, bell. On our phone now for you guys is Colton. The Bachelor wants gay. Uh, he, wants, he wants you to welcome him into the gay world. Yes, Colton, go ahead. Hey, George. You know, I, I really just have to let you know this is very surreal to speak with you. I'm a huge fan. Of, I saw Allegiance at the Artonic Theater back in 2018, and it oh. was truly moving and truly inspiring to me. All right, Colton. Now, what well, do you want to know? Thank you very much, Colton. How are you doing being gay so, now? What are you well, up I'm to? I'm starting to get out there. Well, I'm not not to be um, too upfront, but I haven't uh, lost my V card yet. If you know what I'm saying, so I'm kind of all right. I'm thinking about maybe trying the back door. I'm wondering if um, George has any tips for sort of loosening up uh, the back door. Well, a, George once gave me a tip. Uh, he said the best way to do that, I believe, George was if I had it right. You said uh, jump on a bedpost. Would that uh, oh. work? <laughs> Do I, I'm a little do that. worried Col that he might take your I mean, advice. <laughs> Colt, in other words, you want you want George and Brad to tell you how to loosen up back there so you relax. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, like, I've heard people talk about, like, a cucumber or a marker. Or people use a <laughs> cucumber. Uh, fellas, any, any tips on that, cucumber? Or a lot of like? lubricant. That will make yes. it comfortable. Right. Lots. Right. And lots. Awesome, man. And awesome. also lubricate yeah, your penis, too, before yes. you enter. And go at it very slowly and gently. You'll find it oh, to totally. be, oh, delicious. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering. I've, I've never tasted um, semen before. I'm wondering if I should eat <laughs> my own or how I should kind of get That's into it. That's a good idea. What about that? Taste your own semen How before. old were you when you had your first experience? Well, I've actually been abstinent for all these years. I'm, I'm still a virgin, oh. either either or. So Tickle I, the guy's tits. That's all I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, this is not Colton. You can you can be sure of that. But I think that was a fake, you guys. <laughs> I'm almost positive. This is the Howard Stern show. Of course <laughs> it's not well, Colton. Fellas, let me tell you something. Uh, once again, we've done it. We sit here, we talk, we laugh, we uh, we talk to Mitch McConnell, and you told him all. <laughs> you really did. You, and you're right. That burns my ass, too, that these guys would not put Obama's uh, pick for the uh, Supreme Court into, uh, you know, they wouldn't even consider it. And then when Trump appointed them, boom, uh, no problem. Here we go. Fast track. Fast track. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. That you you make a good point. That really is an excellent. Yeah, point. but they have so much to answer for, Howard. It's not just that. Oh, so much, a lot more, yeah. lot more. Oh. And McConnell is to blame. I mean, he he manipulates and and acts that you know the um, the fun McConnell <laughs> that you had on uh, was fabulous, is yeah. the real McConnell. That's the way he be uh, behaves. Totally. Yeah, where is he? Uh, Mitch, come here for a senator. <laughs> uh, you know, you're getting me worked up, got, George. He doesn't have anything else to do. He's not passing any laws, so <laughs> he must be available. He's never senator, done I'm, I'm, getting 
<laughs> Senator, I'm getting really pissed off now. What yeah. do you think of that? Yeah, I really am. How Who's do you getting pissed off? You're getting pissed off for the one uh, George is getting pissed off. Who's getting pissed Shut off? Up, I, 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 I can't pissed keep off. up. You're, 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 also, you're also sensitive here. <laughs> well, no, we are sensitive. We, we, what's we wrong? Feel the, bad, uh, uh, is Beth not eating your ass? I mean, what's the story here? <laughs> well, you got a point there. You're right. My ass isn't being eaten. But then again, I would feel bad <laughs> for anybody. Bu- listen, you're a bunch of snowflakes. It's true. It's Trump said, I would agree with everything Trump said, but I do agree oh. with snowflakes. It's a great term for people like you. Right. Well, I don't like I love it. Amy McGrath. Well, that's great. Oh. I love uh, Chow Yun Fat. I don't know what your point is, but uh, that's, uh, that's talking. She ran against you. Oh, yeah. By the way. Right. Oh, yeah. Arguments. You know what, George? I forget about these people because no one, no one does win against me. That's a great thing. I always yeah, win. That's true. You do win. <laughs> we, I do. You, you and manipulate you know everything. I do. And, and, and Obama didn't get any picture. Do you know why? Because of Mitch McConnell. Because of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you're getting us all good and steam. Tell him off, George, once and for all. Tell him. Go ahead. Go ahead, George. <laughs> yeah, tell me what you want to say. Now's your big chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna behave like you. Oh, you're gonna behave like me. So you're gonna be really cool, and then all the girls are gonna want you. Death, Is that what you're saying? Line and mute. Ah, oh please! Oh please! Deaf bottom mute. Oh yeah. If well, get off of get off of Twitter then. You're on the Howard Stern show. Oh Death, yeah. Why don't you go back to rating uh, penises or whatever it is you do on here? Uh, oh, tell right. me I've which one's the biggest. This is the most garrulous I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm very. Gar- I've I always hey hey. I've always been garrulous. I've always been garrulous. How dare you? How dare you? Thank you, Senator. By the way, before we thank you, Senator. I mean, listen. Thank you. Say yes. goodbye. <laughs> I w- before we before Get we off. leave, I just want you to know you you told a beautiful story about how you and Brad came together, and how you became a couple, and how you came out of the closet when uh, Governor Schwarzenegger, at the time, was uh, was against gay marriage, and it was and you're right, it was a, it was not a good day. I, we all have you run uh, into I, Arnold since then. Well, it's funny you say that, Ram Arnold is here he wants really? to apologize he wants to zoom in and apologize to george and brad go ahead uh governor schwarzenegger please i had a feeling he's coming yes yeah <laughs> go ahead and say your piece in a serious way seriously here he comes uh, forgive the technology yes governor oh, bear with me uh, george <laughs> and brad this is a big apology yes. and one you've been waiting for We're very patient mind. all right please be patient for one second uh I, Governor, are you there? This is very exciting. Yes, can you hear me? Ah, thank you, Governor. <laughs> okay, yes. We hear you. I'm, okay, good. Yeah, this technology is crazy. Now, George, I yes. wanted to apologize. You know, it was a very different time. You know, I had the police. You to were vote married this. then. I was married. I had a great life, and I and I lost Maria. You know, and I regret that. I made a lot of mistakes in my life, and so I want to make it up to you. I want to eat your ass. <laughs> Listen, oh I'm not God. as muscular you're as I once out? was. Oh, this no, is you're no, coming no. out, is it? All of this talk of sex and bodies and muscles is getting me excited. I'm not as muscular as, as I once was, but if you're willing to have me, you can even stick a stogie up my ass. Come on. Well, let me tell you something. That, that is very intriguing. sweet. Yeah, it is intriguing. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Governor, in all seriousness. You're, you're right. You had your tragedies. You fucked your maid. Let's be honest, right? Uh, <laughs> may I say that? 
Yes, and of I course, say, yes. No, yeah, I'm very upfront about it as well. Right, I know, and I admire you for that. And by the way, I think you've been very responsible towards your son, who, of course, uh, came out of that relationship. Am I correct? Yes, yes, I love him so much, and he is a spitting image of me. Have you seen his musculature? Yes, yes, his musculature <laughs> is fabulous. Very, yes. Yeah, but, yeah. But, Governor, it was a painful time, I do remember. I believe it was a misstep. Uh, George is right, Brad is right, that it would have been better had you been on the side, the right side of history at that point. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. And George, I just have to say, I would love if you would tickle my tits. Please, let me make it up to you. I'd love to. Spread your cheeks, George. I'm hungry. Come on. (laughs) All right. Yes. All right. Thank you, Governor. The Governor once said to me, uh, joking around, he knew that uh, George, he knew that Brad didn't like eating your ass. And, you know, the Governor said such a great thing. The Governor says to me, tell him to put a sandwich up there. Brad will go. Oh. Is that right, Governor? You said that. You said that. Am I right? Oh, he's gone, I believe. Is he okay. gone? I, I hope so. No, I was just looking for a bell so I could ring. So I could just, you know, I live with donkeys and little ponies. It's very hard where I live. I read though. that yeah. article, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. Little little pony Lulu and Whiskey. Lulu, yeah. Whiskey, get over here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, need a bell. Great. All right. Thank you, Governor. Uh, and what a wonderful <laughs> offer to eat George's ass. Isn't that nice? Okay. That's, <laughs> an, that's a real This is what happens apology. when you're on the wrong side of history. You have to eat George's ass. <laughs> that's, that's right. And, Senator, you've got to eat George's ass. Everyone but Brad. You know, Brad, you are the greatest. You know it. Uh, I love how you are with George. And, George, I love how you are with Brad. I would stop ringing the bell, but that's something. <laughs> you, you I'm, I'm for every relationship under the sun. I want to mention that George is best-selling. publicly. Oh. I'm going to grant this uh, bell to Brad so he can summon oh. me at his command. <laughs> summon him. Okay. He just gave me the bell. Let me say, fellas, too, I want to make sure that we promote a couple of things because I always love when George is on. And George is, uh, as we all know, he had a best-selling graphic memoir. They called us enemy. This is about the Japanese-American internment camp, as uh, George has been very vocal about. You are with George. And, George, I love how you are with Brad. I would stop ringing the bell, but that's something. <laughs> I'm, I'm for every relationship under the sun. I want to mention that George is best-selling. I will best-selling. Do this publicly. I'm going to grant this uh, bell to Brad so he can summon me at his command. (laughs) Summon him. Okay. He just gave me the bell. Let me say, (laughs) fellas, too, I want to make sure that we promote a couple of things because I always love when George is on. And George is, uh, as we all know, he had a best-selling graphic memoir. They called us enemy. This is about the Japanese-American internment camp, as uh, George has been very vocal about. It's available wherever books are sold. Uh, God willing, uh, George is going to be back out on the road doing uh, not only uh, lectures about what happened to Japanese Americans and what's going on now with the anti-Asian violence, but he's also going to be doing his Star Trek thing. Not next to Shatner. We all know that. (laughs) Not at the same time. Not at the same time. Somehow that happened. Uh, But uh, he'll be out there and, uh, you know, listen. Do all things, George, is what I'm happy. I'm happy to say. Just whatever he's got going on, right, George? Uh, live long and prosper, George and Brad. And thank, thank you. you for yes, and thank you for stopping in with us. We love seeing you guys, and uh, we and, love and, visiting with you. And stand back. 
That's right. Let's socially bye distance. Bye. Okay, bye, guys. Well, bye. Hey there, everybody's, everybody's favorite couple, Brad and oh, George. Oh, they're so sweet. So wonderful. They're so sweet. They're wonderful, wonderful. And, Love uh, them. A lot of fun. Yes. Robin, it's been a long morning. and uh, We learned a lot. We've I'm done do, a lot. <laughs> I'm going to do the Vulcan as George just did. I'm going to do the Well, Vulcan. you know, I noticed that Brad had to learn it, too. And yes. I've never perfected it. That's as, about as good as I can do. That's not bad. But look, I, I do the Vulcan. You got I'm a real it. nerd. You got Any, it. A, a real nerd can do it. And, and I'm one of the biggest. <laughs> I didn't I, but spend I my time say, trying. I say live long and eat a lot of ass. <laughs> There you have it, Robin. We we heard it all and saw it all today. Um, oh my! Goodness. Oh my! Yeah. Uh, oh my! Are you channeling Mitch McConnell? Because that sounds like something he would do. <laughs> Boy, I got to tell you that Mitch McConnell was not afraid of George and Brad. He oh, he on. was oh. laughing his butt off. Senator, you were something else. Doesn't take he, anybody seriously. It's all about what he wants. Amazing how available I'm the not senator afraid, is. Uh, I'm not afraid to confront my constituents. I've never been afraid for that. <laughs> I love no, it. you. You know, I don't agree with you politically at all, and I, you know, okay. but I got to, I got to tell you, I do admire you. You, you, you come uh-huh. forward with, with your point of view. Sorry, though. Howard. I, I, I can barely concentrate. I have to be honest. My, my wife's eating my ass right now. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I didn't picture uh, you as that sexual. I was just all this ass talk about eating and these noises. I mean, wow. I'm sorry. I thank you on your show. Yeah. Look, I, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show. That's all, okay? I and, want to thank you and thank Robin. Right, thank and, you. Uh, thank well, you. we would love to see thank a new you. infrastructure bill, so get to work. Get to work on that if you don't mind, okay? There he is. He's getting his ass eaten. Talk to <laughs> guy about infrastructure. I can't believe she's doing that. How dare she? Well, we're by the way. I, I want to mention something. Next Monday, Seth Rogen will be here. Seth has written a book that I read a couple. Of you weeks said ago. you love the book. I didn't like it. I loved it. It is so chock full of stuff. I'm gonna <laughs> I get a chance to uh, see Seth. Robin will be very happy to welcome him to the studio. But uh, yeah. it is a revealing book. I even think some people are going to be angry with him about this book. I think I don't think he held a thing back, and it's funny too. You really feel like you're hanging out with Seth Rogen when you read the book. And, well, that's uh, a good feeling. It, I loved it. I read it in a, two days. I mean, uh, that's how into it I was. Um, next Tuesday, also, uh, Emily Blunt, the incredible actress Emily Blunt, will stop by and say hello to us. Wonderful. Uh, she is super hot, super talented, and uh, what and can British. I say? <laughs> and British. <laughs> I'm always amazed how these British actresses can lose that British accent yeah. and, and play Americans. They, I, I still have never And you wouldn't even anyone. know it. Like when they come out uh, to do an interview and they have that accent, you're like, what? You're from England? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> By the way, Seth's book is called Yearbook. I, I suggest you read it. Yearbook. And, um, yearbook. And uh, Emily Blunt's coming out. I'm excited about this. Quiet Place uh, Part 2. I, I love Wonderful. Love that movie. Yeah, so they do. I, I, I they're do having that. So we'll we'll get to talk to her about that. And plus, you know, the usual hijinks. I didn't even get to read you the fan mail. A lot of people were really grossed out by um, um, uh, Ronnie having sex talk uh, with they, they with couldn't... um dry what Lisa dry Lisa dry Lisa. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they, were, they were flipping out over that dry Lisa. Real quick, here, I'll, 
Um, here. Um, Ronnie's hot phone sex session with Dry Lisa not only uh, opened up her floodgates, but surely had everyone listening, slipping and sliding all over the place. Ronnie Munn, the vagina wizard, strikes again. So, yeah, there was there was a segment of the audience that loved that Ronnie got Dry Lisa wet. Uh-huh. Uh, other fans said it was vile. I made the fatal error of listening to the Ronnie and Dry Lisa sex talk while getting a wisdom tooth pulled. My dentist complained oh. that patients don't usually gag so much during the procedure. Even though I had local anesthesia, I begged him to fully knock me out. Uh, people made fun of me because I, I don't have this pre-cum. Every minute Ronnie would pre-cum. Uh, Ronnie mentioned in the call he was pre-cumming. And I, th- this guy wrote me, come on, Howard. Uh, I had a nice long session with my wife last night, and pre-cum is just a fact of life. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not that. Uh... If you have a boner for more than 15 minutes, you first of all, I don't have a boner for more than 15. When I, <laughs> when I have a boner, I get rid of it. You understand? <laughs> One way or another. I'm not sitting there uh, aching away. And Beth knows once the boner's there that we go. That's you it. We get busy. We get busy. We don't waste time. Uh, Howard, you're going to have a little something accumulating out of the tip of your dick if you wait more than 15 minutes. If you've got enough there, you could use it as a lube for bang clock. Stop it. Stop that. <laughs> 15 minutes. What am I doing? What am I, shooting a movie? Uh, this is, I believe, from a woman. When when there's foreplay involved before sex, there's pre-cum. I lick my sex partner's pre-cum during the blowjob, and they go fucking insane from it. It turns me on as well. Do you yeah. get blown? Does Robin give head? Ask Chris Wilding about pre-cum. Come on, loosen up. It's really hot. Oh, it's all disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't have Robin uh, no, begging no, for no, it. No, no. Hi, Robin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, let's give one listener a uh, phone call, and then we'll call it quits. Yes, Michael in New York. How are you? Hey, now, Howard. Hey, now. Honored to speak with you. I just hey wanted now. to tell you that I really look up to you as a person, and you positively influence my values. Thank you for all the laughs and wisdom. Oh, well, that's very nice. That's a good way to end the show. Thank you, Michael. Let's leave it at that. What a nice call. Yeah. Am, I, am, I in a, am I in an alternate reality? I wonder how old he is. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I hung up. I'm afraid values, that... and you're helping him. You think he should have formed his values already? He had kind of a deep voice for a guy. <laughs> he just... did have a deep voice for just forming values. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Never too late to form your values. <laughs> I'm still forming mine. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.